This podcast is brought to you by High Dive. High Dive is sure to be one of your favorite options for streaming anime online. With dubcast episodes, you'll be able to watch your favorite Sentai Filmworks series as they air in Japan, fully dubbed in English. And with fall-exclusive anime titles and a sizzling price tag at only $5 per month, be sure to put High Dive in your online anime streaming arsenal. Also, be sure to use the promo code AAAPODCAST at HighDive.com to get 50% off your first months of service. This podcast is also brought to you by JList.com. JList has their December snack boxes available. You can get a taste of Japanese culture with a box full of Japanese snacks. What could be better? Perfect for enjoying while you watch your favorite anime shows. The snacks are going to include Frito-Lay dragon potato chips with a red-hot chili pepper flavor, spicy mayonnaise rice crackers, crown of melon bread cookie, Pokemon chocolate cookies, Haichu cocky flavor treats, and so much more inside this snack box so you can eat your snacks just like a Japanese person while you watch your favorite animes. It's a match made in heaven. And now it's time to start the podcast. All right. But me, Mitz, and Mandy are engaged in this conversation about the giraffe and Review Starlight, right? And then all just literally from, from out of nowhere, you just hear, you just hear Kazu go, does it take longer for giraffes to throw up? I mean, like, does it just have to go slowly up <laughs> like, their what? necks? And then Mitz, Mitz goes, what? I go, what? And Manny goes, what? And the entire crowd is just dying because we were, we were like, having, a, like, a pretty, like, cool, serious point. And he just, like, out of nowhere, just like, hey, like, does it take longer? You're listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Take your anime addiction to the next level at aaapodcast.com slash join. And now, here are your anime addicts. Hello and what is up everybody? Welcome to the 448th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast for November 25th. I am your host Mitsugi and I am joined by a beautiful man. He's probably in his underwear right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. He is I'm going to let you know. He's Let him know. He's, let him he's know, wearing man. his uh, his Marvel Comics his Captain America little sweet little underwear yeah. in his little yeah. frozen New York uh-huh. City apartment. What oh, is yeah. up, my what is up, my Enzo? That's up. Your Enzo's doing pretty okay. I'm also really happy to be here after a week off. Sorry about that, but it was for a good cause. We were doing good things with the podcast. Um, yeah, happy to be here. And it is so cold in New York, guys. I'm actually with sweatpants on for the first time in a long time. Oh, so you're not in your underwear? No, I'm not. It's cold. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. Sorry. Also, we have the wonderful Mandy, and she has, is currently being encroached upon by her. Lovely and cute cat who may make an appearance on the podcast. Mandy, <laughs> how art thou this day from Hello. Cincinnati? I am doing great. And if I sound distant, it's because I'm talking about Pokemon in the chat. <laughs> oh, yes. So, yeah. Pokemon is in the air on this day. <laughs> and um, this Man, podcast, you know what? I got uh, back to Pokemon Go and Pokemon Let's Go. So, yeah. I'm sure that's going to be a recurring theme on this episode. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, you, you know what? It's you know what is a, cur- a recurring theme on this podcast. Mandy, let me know. Mandy, why don't you let him know what the what the podcast mission is? Oh, to make your anime addiction worse, so er, worse, worse, to make worse. it worse, to make it worse, 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 Worcesto. To make your addiction Worcesto. And of course, guys, you can head over to our, to our website, aaapodcast.com, which is running a lot better than it has in a long time due to some really good uh, optimization and some enhancements that we've made to the website. So you can head over there. If you want to support the podcast, we just recorded a Hobby Addicts episode for you. We talked about um, The Haunting at Hill House, which is a new Netflix series. And we're going to be doing an after party after this show. If you want to get the somewhat something around 500 exclusive podcast episodes off of our website. You can go to aaapodcast.com slash join, which is going to help make sure that this podcast continues to exist and make sure that you never, ever run out of listening to our voice. You will constantly never. be inundated with our voices, always. Listen to me always. Even Please. in your dreams. Yeah. And of course, hey. uh, we, we also have the Discord our, right along the top of the website, there's a button that says join the Discord. That takes you straight to our Discord channel so you can join up with the around 800 people now are in there. So it's becoming a pretty big Discord. So definitely yeah, head dude, over there. Today I woke up and there was literally like seven people joined the Discord at the same time. And I was like, holy crap, it's getting crazy. Well, the reason that happened was because I tweeted, I tweeted about the Discord and like five, six, five or six people joined immediately. So probably should just that do, is- should just do um, frequent tweets about the discord which probably would get us up to a thousand or more pretty quickly Ooh, the big so. four digits and of course we have manga we have mandy's manga club on there so what are you guys talking we about do. right now um we just did kokoro connect now we are reading um lone wolf and child and we will be discussing that on december 5th alone how do you guys pick the anime that you're gonna that you're gonna read next how does that get determined? you mean my manga <laughs> that's, what I meant. Um, that's exactly what i meant Oh, I'm sorry. Long Lone Wolf and Cub. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Um, I just look up just manga for us to read, <laughs> and sometimes if somebody recommends something to me, but I only choose ones that have official translations, so that gotcha. no one's forced to read a scan. Unless, of course, it's online for free. That I mean, then it's free game. But gotcha. I don't want to like support scans. So, <laughs> so. We, today we're going to be doing an Anime NYC recap. We just spent a week in New York. We have lots of stories from the trip, both at the con and not at the con. So we're going to be talking about all that, all sorts of stuff relating to our trip. We're also going to be doing a review on Review Starlight. We, we were going to do My Hero Academia 3, but we thought since Kazuo could not be with us today, yeah. he would be literally heartbroken. He would drown in a river of his own tears should <laughs> he not be able to review his beloved My Hero Academia. So we thought we'd wait for him. So we're doing so we're doing review Starlight, which we're all very fresh on because we just did it at the anime convention. So uh, we're going to be talking about that. Also, I am getting very close to leaving Florida, uh, and by that I mean it could happen within a month. And so we will maybe be heading to four screen four way split screen pretty soon. So oh we my need to God. We, the we, technology. We, we need to start deciding how in the world that is going to be possible. So we need to figure that out post haste. But the point being, you may have Mandy and Enzo mm-hmm. in live moving color. Believe wow. it or not. <gasps> we could be it's, live. It's the live. Moving. Live. Color. Yeah. Color. Wow. So look forward to that coming up very soon. Um, Damn, so. we just weaved out just now. <laughs> yup. And now, and with, and, and with that, let's get to the big news of the week. 
Herbie. It's time for big news of the week. All right, so there's a very funny article. Um, if any of you, if either of you have the chat open, you, I think it's always, I don't, maybe you post links to all of our crap in the chat anyway, but I, it might be. A oh, idea. I can. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll I was going to do it, it but okay. then I was like, I don't you have do the it. chat open. So. And just got it. Got so, it. Pokemon already came up once today, and it's going to come up again <laughs> right now. There is a Pokemon hunting grandpa who is known as the Pokemon hunting grandpa. No. Who uses Hell yeah. who uses fifteen <laughs> smartphones to catch his Pokemon at Pokemon Go. Dude, this guy's a My legend. <laughs> if, if you open up the link, there's a picture of him with his bicycle, and it is absolutely hilarious. This is definitely like a like a special interest piece for sure. <gasps> what? Yeah, Dude, hold on. Is, this guy hold is crazy. On. You're telling me <gasps> that this amazing. that this Ojisan is on a bicycle. Oh, he's an riding Ojisan. through. Riding through the streets of Japan with this Taiwan. ridiculous Taiwan. 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 Taiwan, in Taiwan, sorry, in Taiwan, with this, this is like some next level DIY tech. He has this like great thing on the handles of his bicycle where he has legitimately like fifteen phones on there. <laughs> so he has a oh seventy-year-old Thai- Taiwanese man named Chen San Yuan. Who has apparently he started his his uh, mission to capture all the Pokemon with a single phone. Then he had three. As most of us do. Yes. Then he had six. Then he had nine. And now he has fifteen. And he has his phones arranged in a fan shape that atta- some kind of a circular device that attaches to the handlebars of his bicycle. And he has all of the phones attached to this circle this disc of sorts. And all of the phones are attached to mobile batteries that he has hanging in the basket of the bicycle so they're all powered at all times and he rides around with 15 literally an interface of 15 phones and i guess he just i'm sure there's times where he's trying to catch like four pokemon at once he's probably just such a badass he's like just swiping all over the place um and i guess you can see him in in new taipei city if you want to see him catching all types of pokemon (laughs) i can't uh, like aren't there aren't there like um like the like gyms and raids and stuff you can do in Pokemon Go. Do you Dude, think? Okay, so do you think I you came can back to Pokemon them? Go. What? Oh, sorry. Oh, you didn't. Yeah, and they added so much stuff. Uh, yeah, they have raids now, and uh, there's like it'll tell you if there's a raid nearby. And at the gyms, this big egg shows up, and then uh, everyone who's there will have a chance to fight this super powerful Pokemon that hatches out. And then if you beat it, you get like um, special items, and you have a chance to capture it. Yo, this guy definitely solos that, hundred percent. But uh, I wonder how that works, because can he tap all of them at the same time? Oh, he's probably well, battling I mean, with like ten Pokemon at once. What a badass, dude! This guy is like you know the modern Pokemon master. You know what I'm saying? Like this is it. Like this is the pinnacle of what we all dream of being: an old man on a bike with fifteen cell phones playing pokemon go the pokemon master like how are you gonna tell me how are you gonna train to be the very best if you can't even do 15 phones at the same time you know what i'm saying i'm saying he probably calls little (laughs) kids over to like to like help him battle like hey you take these three phones and you take these three phones and i'll take these and he's just got like little kids standing on his shoulders and shit this is insane. I'm so proud of him, honestly. Cause, yeah, like, what does the, his cell phone bill look like is what I want to know. What does his cell phone bill look like? 
<laughs> I he can might only be, imagine. He might be really wealthy, and he just... I'm guessing he is wealthy. He's probably Does retired, he carry right? around 15 battery packs? So you yep. can charge them all at the same time? If you read the article, it says he has, he has... Each phone is connected to a battery that he has sitting in the basket of his Oh, bike. man. So yeah, the standard, the standard to be a Pokemon master has just quadrupled, boys. If you don't have 15 cell phones, don't but, even try. But I mean, some of the Pokemon are regional, right? So he can't possibly capture all the Pokemon unless he goes outside of Japan or, or outside of Taiwan. 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 So he's gonna um, have to, he's gonna have to be like in the U.S. and Europe and Japan and Australia to get all you these. You can different... trade now, but I, um, I think you have to be near the person to trade. So if he found somebody who has like a Farfetch'd or a Tauros, he can trade with them. But I can't remember if you can hatch those out or not. I don't know if they show up in raids too. Not sure. Hmm. Well, I wish the, uh, I wish Mr. Oji-san the best of luck in his capture. He, he, he doesn't yeah. need your luck, man. He got it down. Shall He's we move winner. on? Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. <laughs> Prepare for trouble. Make it double. Shut up! You haven't had one useful thing to say since you got here! Alright, so there was an article that came out a, a week or so ago. came out on November 13th called... It, um, it's, a, it's an article by It Media where a journalist explains why anime discs are not selling well. Apparently, the anime physical media industry in Japan especially has been doing very poorly in the last few years. And... There has been a shrink in the market of over 30% between the 2014 and 2016 alone. So things aren't going well for physical media sales in Japan. And we all know that a lot of uh, studios, at least as of you know the last five years, had made make a lot of their profits after the show finishes airing on right. things like merchandise sales, which include Blu-rays and whatnot. Correct. So which seems which initially to me seems kind of alarming because there was that data point that they discussed where they were they said oh well after some anime finishes airing we're at a negative 10 percent profit or whatever it was and then but then because of netflix netflix's shows would finish airing at like a positive five percent or whatever so that was those those numbers i'm just they're rough numbers but then the ones that were at negative 10 percent would ostensibly become profitable by selling dvds and figures and posters and stuff like that so it was kind of it was kind of concerning concerning to me, and it looks like according to this article, the article by the way is called it's called quote some titles have even halted their home video release is the anime disc dying, so mm. that's the name of the article I guess some some anime have completely ceased publishing their DVDs and Blu-rays altogether because they just they're not selling at all. Yeah, so it, this is really interesting that this has come up. You know, like this article came out relatively close to black friday because here's what i've realized about myself and when i say myself is that i love anime you know that's a given i love it to death i i have some figures but i've never bought a blu-ray before like it's not something that i crave it's not something that i've ever wanted however uh this past black friday <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> Sentai, Sentai Filmworks there had a like a ridiculous sale on their Blu-rays, like like they a sure did. like like a dumb like a dumb sale. So like I myself went on their website, a man who has never bought Blu-rays before, and bought two. 
because I found Kids on the Slope, the complete edition Blu-ray for ten dollars. Whoa! And I found yeah, and I found the Tanaka Kun is always listless Blu-ray yeah. standard complete edition for like ten dollars. So and we I, know Tanaka Kun isn't going out because I bought one too. Yeah. So like <laughs> I immediately bought them. So to me, it's I, I feel as though like people are hesitant on Blu-rays, not because it's not a thing they want, but because it's a price point that they can't like justify. And I'm and I'm someone who's pretty comfy with my like income and living and stuff. Like and I still don't think it's worth paying sixty dollars or forty five dollars for a Blu-ray mm-hmm. if I've if it's if it's something I've I've already seen. However, you give me ten bucks or fifteen dollar price tag and I'm buying all the ones from the ones I like, dude. Easily. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so same. um e- Unless Blu-rays become more efficient to make and, you know, companies can drop that price point, I don't, I can't argue the fact that I, like, I can't argue that, you know, findings are coming out that it's a dying product, you know? Well, I personally have no interest in this at all. I have, there was a time and a place where I was really interested in collecting anime DVDs. I actually have around 600 anime DVDs in my place. And I have them in these books, right? And I threw right. out all the cases a long time ago because I was like, well, I don't want to have seven cardboard boxes full of jewel cases for these DVDs. I just don't care. So I have them in these books. And now I, and now I don't even want the DVDs. And it's one of the only... And like I've sold everything I own in my place. My place is literally empty. Right. I sold my last piece of furniture today. And I have these DVD books, and they've got hundreds of DVDs in them and I know they're worth around a buck, a dollar, maybe two dollars a DVD, but I'm, I haven't sold them because I don't even want to bother writing down who, what, what they all are. But I don't even want these DVDs because I know I haven't used them in years because every single thing I ever want to watch, period, is on some service. I don't need right. them. In fact, right, exactly. In fact, I have a million pieces of technology in my place. I'm staring at three computers and a tablet as we speak, <coughs> and not one of them can play any of these discs none of them can the only device i have in my entire place and i feel like my place is like a best buy by the way the only thing i have that can play any of these is my playstation 4 that's it it's yeah that's all can... i have that's all i have that that's the only reason i bought the blu-rays is because i actually have a ps4 and that's the only reason i did it and now like microsoft is talking about how their next console and, be, and i'll be honest i don't even know why microsoft's making another console but oh snap! <laughs> well, they're getting they're getting massacred so brutally. True, 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 true. But they've said that's a that's a different point entirely. But they said our next console most likely will not have a disc drive in it. And they tried to pull this uh, about four or five years ago, but they, we weren't quite ready for it yet. I think there's a really good chance that in like the next five to ten years, you won't even be able to play a Blu-ray. It, it's going to be like VHS. Like you can't you can't play a VHS tape. Yeah. So it's yeah. really it's really strange that. Um, how this is going down in Japan because we know that their Blu-rays are so much more expensive than ours, and I, I could be wrong, but I always thought the reason behind that was just because so few people buy them that they hike up the prices for collectors, so they can still make the money back on making them. But if no one's interested in Blu-rays, I wonder if I guess lowering the price wouldn't solve the problem then because Enzo was saying if you made it like ten dollars and. Maybe a lot of people would, but we probably would here, but I don't know if that would work in Japan. Yeah, I literally, I, I wouldn't even take one of these discs for free because I don't want to, I don't want to have give me. Sh- <laughs> I'm not going to be able to play them in five more years at all. And I don't want to have all yeah. this shit laying around my place. So personally, I know I'm kind of an outlier because I'm a minimalist, but mm. like, I just, I'm not going to be able to play them. 
Yeah, I feel you from that perspective because I'm I'm not fully in the minimalist side of things. Like I do have, you know, if I call myself a minimalist and you see my bedroom, is you know, it's not the case. But I do, I am against like huge cluttering of things. Um, I would only the only reason I would I would I could say that I would purchase, <clears throat> sorry, I would, that I would purchase Blu-rays at a you know ten dollar fifteen dollar price tag is solely to support the shows I like, right? So like oh for sure, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I and since I had a million, you know, a lot of DVDs, I really enjoyed the animes too. But I only bought Kids on the Slope and Tanaka Kun because those two shows are in my like top twenty anime of all time. So like. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I've never given these shows money before in terms of figures or merchandise or anything, um, yeah. um, aside from my Crunchyroll views or my wherever streaming site views. Yeah. So I was like, yo, you know what? This is the time. Take my ten dollars, dude. Like, thank you for this great show. So that's why I did it. And then I also, um, uh, you know what? Uh, my next point is probably gonna go past physical things. So, Mandy, what's what's your point? Oh, I was going to ask. Um Oh, shoot. Now I forgot what I was trying to say. <laughs> so okay. I had it and I was waiting for you to finish. So um, sorry, go want, ahead. If it comes back to you, let us know. Um, oh, yeah. If the so the the article goes on and says that, well, these production committees that are that, that normally would be freaking out about the lack of disc sales have shifted their profits for focus to other areas. And one of those areas is streaming services. So they're making mm-hmm. money by allowing their these anime to be put on various streaming services. And Japan has okay. their own has their own streaming services, by the way, um, in addition to ones that we are that we know of. So they're making money by allowing their by allowing the licensing fees of getting their stuff on whatever, whatever right. service. Mm, yeah, that's what I was gonna ask was um, don't they make a the like majority of their money off of the physical sales? I've always heard that was a thing. Well, so that's that was that was my concern. Was that yeah? If 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 not that, how do they make their money? And it looks like yeah, exactly. The article cites at least two things that could replace the physical disc sales. And granted, there's also like figures and whatnot too, right? But and one of those is is streaming rights of uh, that which are replacing discs. And also, mm-hmm. companies like Psy Games, like the the cell phone game company have been pumping huge amounts of money into these into anime properties t- for their own promotional purposes. And f- so when you think of anime when you think of anime like like Rage of Bahamut, shows like yeah. that are becoming very profitable because game companies are pushing money into the into that in order to promote their games. And so anime and which I don't love because that kind of makes me feel like anime is kind of whoring itself out as just being a promo, which I don't love that. But I mean if the studio needs to make money to continue existing. So if it needs to take, yeah. if it needs to take some kind of a, you know, amount of money from Psy Games or or um, you know, the Puzzle Dragons company or or, or Gung Ho or whatever, if it needs to take money from one of these other companies, then I mean, do it I guess because they need to make money. But that's that's what the article cites as some potential. That also explain yeah. why we have so many idol shows because they also make a lot of money off CDs and the gotcha games on uh, mobile right. devices yeah exactly. so I, I wonder so i wonder like and just maybe just to wrap it up to get to like the next portion of the podcast but like um is the future like for the people that want to own their anime like is the future just like full-fledged digital downloads and like you know there are digital downloads out there that are really beautiful like um 
in terms of digital like things that I buy digitally, most of the time is music and iTunes um does put together like really beautiful like digital downloads of certain albums. Like if the as long as the record companies put the effort into making something beautifully, you know, digitally packaged. So I feel like you know, like if if physical copies are going off, but, but you know, going away, but people still want to own their animes, I don't think it costs people, you know, companies that much more money to just put those files on a digital platform and then you know just invest, which is a fraction of the cost of, dig- of making things digital, invest in like you know digital goods that can come with those digital downloads. I think that's probably like the future. You know, I think in the future I'm going to be able to go on the Sentai website and be like, yes, I want kids on the slope digitally and then maybe like with that digital digital download i get like um like like a music score sheet to one of the jams in the show or like you know like a really cool wallpaper or whatever you know things like that i don't know but i think that's probably where that's where i see things going if people still want to own their anime i think there are a few more points to be had from this one of them is that like after talking with peter payne from j-list a lot for at length about this Mm -hmm. we've had discussions about where a japanese game company will try to get them to sell just some some game in the United States for like you know an, ex- an insane amount of money that we'll never pay right just I think like, you're about to say exactly what I was going to say <laughs> and then about P- visual novels P- Peter Payne says he tries he tries to be like this medium to convey American purchasing behavior to the Japanese companies because they just don't get it mm. like we're not going to pay three hundred dollars for a game right or we're not yeah. going to pay three hundred bucks for a Blu-ray. And so, like, they, you know, they'll sell that Blu-ray in Japan for 300 bucks, and then they'll come over here to the United States and they'll sell it for 10% of that. They don't need to sell these DVDs in Japan for a billion dollars. They just don't. Like, this is not, it's not like they, it's not like they cost that much to manufacture and they have a 10% margin. So, um, so they could always reduce the prices if they want to make sure that these discs continue to, like, exist. Because... What I is... Oh, sorry. Well, because, like, if an anime is streaming, if it's not on TV anymore... And it's just, and it's just streaming and not being sold on disc. All these anime have have sort of have licensing durations on on services yeah, like Crunchyroll. They have Roll. a shelf life. Mm-hmm. They have a shelf life, and when that licensing deal di- expires, and it's not on TV anymore, if you don't have physical discs floating around, I mean, is it not possible that some anime could completely vanish because there's no way oh, to see it dude, anymore because it's not absolutely. digital? It's not digital, dude, and it's not physical. Um, Dude, Honey and Clover, bro. I mean, like, um, Honey. I don't know if there's DVDs. It probably are, but like Honey and Clover, for example, in terms of like streaming sites, it's nowhere. It's nowhere. Yeah. It's nowhere, and that's one of my top twenty anime of all time. It's nowhere. Like, it's it, it is nowhere. You can't watch it on any streaming site. Um, um what I've seen some visual novels do uh, recently with the PS Vita is they're not sure if they're going to sell enough copies. Uh, physically, so they'll make it available digitally, and if you're really interested, you can buy the box set, which has, like, uh, a digital code and a bunch of goodies that they send to you. It's, like, uh, just character goodies. And what you were saying before about, like, if I ordered this, like, on digitally on Sentai, and then they gave me, like, adventure digital stuff, I could see them also doing that, where they, where you buy it digitally, but they also send you, like, a box of stuff in the mail. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. So, like... I could see it going that way. I could see that happening, too, for things like, oh, like, the next Final Fantasy comes out, there's no disc, you buy digitally, but if you pay an additional, you know, I don't know, like... Oh, or Kingdom Hearts 3. Say Kingdom Hearts 3 didn't have a physical copy. It's coming out digitally, but if you pay a certain amount of money, you get Sora, Donald, Goofy, and figures. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, that would... Because, I mean, collectors are always going to want physical stuff. 
additions. I mean, they'll always pay a lot of money for that stuff. So I could definitely see them offering it digitally if they want to make more money. And if they're not comfortable creating so many physical copies of the show, you know, make creating a box of, the, of stuff they can send to you. Right. Yeah. Because then, cause then at least you, you feel like you're not buying the same thing again. Right. right, right. Because when like when I bought these Blu-rays, I, I, I'm probably not even going to open the wrap. I only did it to support these two franchises. Right. Because I've already seen the shows. You know what I mean? So like at least like, you know, you 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 bought the game. You already got that. You don't have to buy the game again to get the goodies. So, yeah. Yep. The, uh, the last point from the article was that he, they believe that po- it's possible that the the sales dollars of discs is dropping because of the number of anime that are coming out. Because there's so many anime that are available now per year, the anime titles are getting really watered down. Like, there's so yeah. many there's so many anime titles available we that talk no, about that all the time. One, no one show is able to catch fire the way that they that it might, the way it might have when it was a huge standout. And so they so they cite um, in, tw- in uh, several years ago, ten years ago, um, the anime disc market was seven hundred and fifty million dollars in Japan across one hundred and fifty five titles. In twenty sixteen, so in twenty sixteen, it was four hundred forty million, which is three hundred three hundred million dollars less across over one hundred additional titles. So, oh, so, oh, so, okay, yeah, so it's definitely a decline. For they're sure. saying that the addition of titles is actually hurting the sales because people aren't so invested in any one title anymore that they're willing to go out and buy the Blu-rays or whatever. So whereas every single human being alive bought Dragon Ball, you know, now there's just so right. many things that people's attention are, dev- are split so many different ways that no one's going out and just selling, you know, buying all kinds yeah. of stuff. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's just sort of like a piece of speculation that they No, make. I can see that because, you know, if it, me who is not a Blu-ray guy, if I'm going to buy one Blu-ray at a full price, it's going to be one. You know, I want to buy yeah. one, maybe two out of the, you know, 20 that I liked this last year. Right, you have to care and, a lot about it to drop that huge you, amount of money. Exactly, on. and 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 that's and that, exactly that's after the step that I already liked this show so much. So after I picked the three shows that I loved, am I gonna buy the three Blu-rays for these? I don't know because they all exist at the same time, and I don't really want to drop that kind of cash. Well, maybe, maybe that just goes back to our point of let's have less anime, less anime, <laughs> more quality. The point that we always harp on is that more less anime, bigger quality. Let's get this shit done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> All right, shall we move on to Enzo's favorite segment? Yeah, let's do it. Join us in Enzo Senpai's Notice Me Corner. All right, so this is my segment, Enzo Senpai's Notice Me Corner, where you guys can write in and tell me and the and, the, and my co-hosts about you know things you've been working on, things you want to you know say that you've achieved in you know recent times or in your whole lifetime we just want to celebrate you guys because truly 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 especially after this last weekend at the con we really do this for you um so this week's message comes from bin chan oh bin chan that i recognize from the discord actually and bin chan says hi triple a fam just want to say thank you for everything you do i've been a listener for two years now it is the highlight of my week and i love all the triple a fam I have been an anime fan since I was 12 years old. Growing up with anime all these years has taught me a lot. Anime has been with me in the ups and downs and all the milestones in my life. I also decided I wanted to become a chef when I was 12. And anime um, had enticed my love for Japan and its food culture at this young age. Fast forward to now 32 years old. Married and still loving anime with... uh, 
the out with the outmost passion. I have made my dream possible and opened my own restaurant wow. with my wife and a great team. We are currently getting great reviews and the restaurant is getting busier by the day. Um, uh, does this cut? I, I owe anime a lot for teaching me to never give up and always follow your dreams. I also want to say thank you to you guys for helping me get through these stressful times on our road to success. P.S. I want to hug Mitsugi. I want to cook for Enzo. Have uh. a coffee with Mandy and party with Kazuo. Love, Binchan. Dude, uh, uh, do you know how crazy, like, I've always wanted to open up my own restaurant. It, it seems like such a like rewarding experience that people enjoy the things you make. So congratulations for opening your restaurant. I The link to the restaurant is Freelu. Free, yeah, freelurestaurant.com, F R I L U restaurant.com. Check that place out if you guys have it near you. Check out the AAA fans, you know, restaurant. Binchan, congratulations. That's congratulations awesome. Congratulations and send Yeah. Food. Yeah. <coughs> That's and please awesome. cook for me. Uh, uh, if you tell me where the restaurant <laughs> is, I will, I mean, I'll go. <laughs> cook for me and let's snuggle. Yeah. Cook for me. Then when you're done on your break, you can go uh, have a coffee with Mandy. And then mm-hmm. you can hug Mitsugi before he sends you off to party with Kazo, which we all know you won't come back from. So, <laughs> congratulations! You know, the restaurant business is so difficult. Like it's such a competitive, f- fierce industry that being a, being a, a success and having you know having good reviews and having busier and busier by the day, as you say, is such a big achievement because it's so difficult. So, congratulations! That's really yeah. like a, that's a good. That's a really good accomplishment. Oh, 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 I'm on the door. Okay. <laughs> you feeling you feeling all you feeling all lovey now, Enzo? Yeah, man. I really like listen, like not to toot our horn here, but like I really love this segment. I, even though it's brand new. It just makes me happy that such cool people listen to our podcast, you know? I'm you glad know? it makes you I'm you know glad it makes saying? you happy. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let them know all about it. All right. Are you ready oh, to yeah. move on? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so we got a couple good ones here. Fruits Basket is getting a new anime adaptation uh, in 2019. It is. Mm-hmm. The, it will adapt Fruits Basket's manga in its entirety. Ooh, so faithful to the manga. Interesting. Okay. Not just so. I, I saw Fruits Basket years ago. I'm guessing that back then it was not the entire manga. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's not. And so <laughs> there's now a lot more. <laughs> there's going to be. They're going to cover all of it this time. Funimation has already licensed it. For those of you that don't know what Fruits Basket is from my anime list, Toru Honda is an orphan with nowhere to go but a tent in the woods until the Soma family takes her in. However, the Soma family is no ordinary family, and they hide a grave secret. When they are hugged by someone of the opposite gender, they turn into animals from the Chinese zodiac. <laughs> now Toru uh. must, must, help Kyo, must help Kyo and Yuki Soma hide their curse from their classmates as well as her friends Arisa and Megumi as she is, and as she is drawn further into the mysterious world of of the Soma family, she meets more of the family, forging friendships along the way, and I believe, if I recall, some pretty like dark secrets and things like that. So, definitely a classic. Are we uh, are we pumped for this? That was <laughs> such an anime plotline. Oh my god. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> when they hug someone, but I've, oh no, I've seen baskets? it. I've seen the original. Oh. Yeah. But it's just funny because the thing is, like, anime has become so, like, some anime takes, take themselves so seriously nowadays. So it's refreshing to yeah. hear the plot line when they are hugged by someone of the opposite gender. They turn into the animals from these Chinese Zodiac. <laughs> and when, when, when Kazuo was talking about Mitsugi, he recoils in horror. <laughs> exactly. <He's, laughs> um, Manny, do you recognize any of the voice talent that I wrote down here? Uh-huh. Yeah, I recognize um, three of them. I was looking at what Manaka Iwami has done, but I 
I only, I haven't seen really any of these really. Gamers. Um, I've seen some of Gamers, but I don't remember that character. But um, Toru Honda is being played by Manaka Iwami, who was in Gamers. She w- was play. She played Chiaki in Gamers. Oh, the, the um, president. She's the only right? one I don't really recognize. Okay. No, not uh, the president, not the president. No, she was the one with the cell phone game. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, Yuki Soma is being played by Nobunaga Shimazaki, who is Haru in Free. Um, Kyo Soma is being played by Yuma Uchida, who's also Ash in Banana Fish. Nice. And Shigure Soma is being played by Yuichi Nakamura, who is everything. <laughs> who is everything. He's in so much. He's in Osamatsu-san, he's in da 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 he's in... Uh, Arakawa under the bridge. He's he's in everything you can imagine. <laughs> All right, so I'm guessing a lot of people are excited for for this new fruits basket. Personally, I am not a big fan of fruits basket, but I recognize its popularity, so I know people are going to be, you know, super excited to see it. So I will good. for sure watch this. I'm sure we're going to end up covering it. Um, the other announcement is that My Hero Academia's all Might Rising is getting an anime adaptation. So I guess this is the, um, there is a All Might's side story, like his past is going to be chronicled mm. in a Blu-ray d- release that's going to come with the, uh, the the My Hero Academia movie, Futari no Hero, which means two heroes. So when you buy the, the two heroes My Hero Academia movie, you're going to get an additional disc that contains a special OVA of all Might Rising, which is you know that portion of the manga that covers his past, and that's going to be coming out on February thirteenth. For those of you that don't know the release date, mm-hmm. so it seems like anytime any news from My Hero Academia surfaces, it has to be discussed because of how it's like the number one most popular thing right now. So, yeah, 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 I agree. It, it's worth it's, it is worth mentioning. I mean, like you you cover a lot of the fan base, like a lot of like the anime fan base when you yeah. share some My Hero news. Okay. Yeah. So, would anybody like to do the trivia? Yeah, I got it. So, on the on the website aapodcast.com, we will always have a question at the bottom of the website where you can answer. And if you get the question right, we shout you out on the podcast next week. This week's answer from the website was Unico and the Island of Magic, and the correct answers were Gub Squatch, Otaku Cop, Nisekoi Maiko, Chibi Rob, Golden Jedi, Link. Manly Mutkip, Frozen Kangaroo, Mexican Canadian, and Link 182. Uh, this week's winner is Gup Squatch. It's the second, second time in the last month Gup Squatch has won. Second time in the last month yeah. Gup Squatch. Congratulations. <laughs> and I guess Gup Squatch is also this month's winner. Hell yeah, dude. Holy moly. Good it job. It must be my birthday. Yep, indeed. Yeah, so <laughs> and, so and going believe, forward. Huh? And I believe he told me to say what he had selected. So let me see if I can find his email here. Yeah, oh, nice. he, he told me he's like, oh, by the way, if you want to, you should mention what I picked on to say on the podcast. I got to find his email. While while I'm finding it, why don't you read, why don't you read what the next uh, theme is? Sure. Yeah. So from this week forward, uh, I guess into the end of December, the new theme will be Christmas anime. Uh, oh my god, I actually love Christmas anime. It's you, like the ones that take place in like winter and it's warm and fuzzy stuff. Yeah, I love that's, those. That's because you're a romance shows. fiend. Yeah, I know. I, I get immediately taken to like White Album. What a, what an underrated show. But uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, okay, we're about to head into the news break, and as we always do, or should I do this, or do you want to read the Gep Squatch, uh, Gep Squatch selected Darling in the Franks manga volume three? Oh, nice, nice, <laughs> and also Noble Sour Gummies, so he can Ooh, eat his candy yum. while he reads his manga. So well, enjoy, enjoy, yeah, enjoy Indeed. that stuff, yeah. man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep, 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 yep. All right, yep. so, <laughs> all right. moving on. <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to head to a news break now, and as always, we have an in-show in weekly trivia question for you to answer while we're on break. This week's question is, the savvy trader recognizes her unusual ability to evaluate a person's character and accepts her pres- proposition. Now in the possession of both sharp business skills and a charismatic negotiator, he inches closer to his goal of opening his own shop. What's that anime? Let us know after the news break. Pika! 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 Hey all you wild anime addicts out there, it's Mitsugi, and I'm here to give you your dose of anime news. Leading us off, well after our previous story we had about the drop in physical media sales of anime properties in Japan, we're going to give you a little update on a recent week, November 12th through the 18th, Blu-ray and DVD sales numbers. And looking at them, they do seem a little lower than usual. The top three Blu-rays were Boku no Hero Academia, third season volume 5, which probably won't surprise anybody. Bishoujo Sailor Moon, essentially, Blu-ray Collection Volume 1, and Wotakoi Volume 3, all coming in with very low numbers of less than 2,000 Blu-ray sales apiece. Going down to the DVDs, Wotakoi again coming in at number 3, and the same volume of Boku no Hero Academia coming in at number 2. However, Crayon Shinchan, the movie number 26, Boku Mori Kung Fu Boys Ramen Taidon, comes in at number 1 for the DVD sales, and those also look a little lower than usual. Next up, there's an original anime property coming out. It has been announced. It was announced on the website for the property that is called Robi Hachi. Staff members have been revealed for the property, including the director Shinji Takamatsu, who worked on Binon Koko Chikyu Boebu Love, also character designed by, by Yuko Yahiro, who worked on Toji no Miko, etc., etc. It's going to be done by Studio Comet, so not a whole lot is known about this property yet, except that it's coming out pretty soon. The production committee is going to have an announcement on November 30th that's going to reveal more details. But it looks like a space adventure type show with a pretty nifty looking spaceship and some cool looking space type guys in the foreground. Next up on our news, we have, uh, we're going to be moving into some Macy's Day Parade news. Of course, the 92nd Macy's Day Parade happening today, which was which is Thanksgiving, by the way. And for those of you that watched it, you probably saw a giant Goku flying through the sky. It's not the first time a manga or anime character has made it into the Macy's Day Parade. For example, Pikachu. However, Goku, Super Saiyan God Goku with his blue hair, very large, flying through the parade is a pretty cool thing to see. So if you missed it on TV, go look it up on the internet. It might be worth taking a look just so you can see Goku flying in all of his Super Saiyan glory through the streets. And next up, Nipponichi Software, which is a fairly beloved RPG company that is of Japanese origin that has made games such as Disgaea, which we all thought recently might not actually make it to see another fiscal year, has announced yet another game that's coming out. It has revealed 
some concept art for a, for a PS4 and Switch title called Destiny Connect, which is an RPG that's going to be coming out on February 28th. has some pretty snappy art, including what look like more 3D graphics. Uh, it's going to be coming out, like I said, February 28th for the PlayStation 4 and the Switch. And has some pretty neat nifty art, including some robots and some girls that um, might be a detraction from the prior style of games that Nipponichi Software has put out in the past. This was Mitsugi, and this was your anime news break. Now, it's time to get us back to the podcast. Are you looking to expand your anime collection? Are you looking for a place you can purchase all of your anime desires? Ooh, then check out JList.com. At JList.com, you can stock up on amazing merchandise. What more cute moe figures, nendoroids, apparel, or even cute anime-related mugs? You can find all of them there. That's right. They even have a snack box. Every month, JList will select the newest and best Japanese snacks and send them right to your doorstep. No subscription or long-term commitment is required. Just purchase whatever box you think looks appealing, and that's all there is to it. JList.com even has items for those naughty anime addicts. Hentai, doujins, erotic visual novels, and even anime-related toys are available for you to use on your very own, or with a very special anime-addicted loved one. JList.com has everything an anime fan could possibly want. Just head over to their website and check it out. JList.com, your friend in Japan since 1996. You know, guys, when I was a kid, I used to watch a lot of anime on TV. So I was really excited to see that HighDive.com carries exclusively a lot of the anime that I'm especially nostalgic about from my youth. That's right. If you head over to HighDive.com, you can watch the entirety of the original Legend of the Galactic Heroes, one of the greatest anime of all time. You know how awesome that is, Cosmo? Pretty incredible. You know what else they have? What's that? They have the big O. It's basically anime Batman. They also carry... Aura Battler Dunbine, Gotcha Man, Space Runaway Ideon, You're Under Arrest, and some, other, and some mecha classics like Armored Trooper Votoms, totally badass. And Uncensored Monster Musume. But Monster Musume is not a classic. It's not a classic. It's definitely a classic. Classic Monster Musume. You just want boobs. No matter what you consider a classic, head over to highdive.com, use the promo code AA Podcast, and enjoy. <laughs> Back to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed that news break. Mm-hmm. Hello. Who would like to bookend the in-show weekly, weekly trivia question for us? I can do it. The Savi or Savi uh, trader recognizes her usual ability to evaluate a person's character and accepts her position. Now in the possession of both sharp business skills and a charismatic negotiator, he inches closer to his goal of opening his own shop. And the answer was Spice and Wolf. Ah, I did not guess that. 
Whoops. It's a good anime. I wish they'd make more of it. Yeah, I do agree. I wish they would make more of it, too. And actually, the entire anime fandom wants more of it because everybody loves Hodo a lot. Hodo. She's like the number one waifu of anime. She's cute. She cute. She cute, though. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so we have, another, we have another fan favorite segment coming up, so why don't we roll right into it? Let's do it. And now, let's take a minute for the Manga Minute with Mandy. Alrighty, so Mandy's Manga Minute is where I take a minute or a couple minutes to tell you about a manga and help you find something new to read. And this week, I am doing The Wandering Island. After her grandfather's death, Mikura chose to continue their Island Express uh, courier service. With her seaplane and her adventurous cat endeavor, she lives life as she chooses. Soon, Mikura becomes very interested in a mysterious island that seems to move around, according to local legend. After some extensive effort to determine the island's whereabouts, she manages to get a brief glimpse of it from the sky. Now that she knows it's real, she's determined to find the island again, no matter what it takes. Um, so, Wandering Island is a mystery Ieshike manga written and illustrated by Kenji Suruta. Kenji Suruta is also the author of the manga Emanon, which is um, actually a pretty popular one. It does not have an English translation yet, but it is coming, I think, next year. Um, there are only two available in uh, The Wandering Island right now in English at this time, and they're published by Dark Horse, but the series is still being published in Japan. Um, I've only read the first volume so far, but the series is very relaxing. It's very laid back. Um, I sped through the first volume because there's not a ton of dialogue in it. There, it's a lot of art. Um, there were some pages just made entirely of just panels of art and I feel like it's probably a big selling point to the series because um, I really really enjoyed it uh, Kenji's art style is a little rough almost sketchy but every panel is packed with details uh, the backgrounds are very fleshed out whether it be inside of a house or the island itself um, if you're wanting a manga with a lot of action though this will not be for you it's very cerebral uh, just like Eminon, if you've read his previous work. And um, it's told more through the art than dialogue. But uh, I have seen a lot of comments saying it feels like a Studio Ghibli film. And I can definitely see where they're coming from. Because there's a lot of mystery, wonder, uh, a strong sense of adventure. And uh, yeah, it, but um, if you're planning on picking it up and trying it on public transportation, I'll warn you, there is some partial nudity. So if that bothers you, if you're worried about someone seeing over your shoulders, maybe don't read it on, you know. A train or something but uh other than that if you're looking for a very relaxing manga then you can try this one out um the first volume feels like it ends right before a big reveal so if you're really interested in it maybe get the second one ready i remember one time i was on a school trip and i was on an airplane mm-hmm. and i was reading battle royale oh yeah okay and uh it was the scene where the crazy girl who uh, I can't even. I, I don't. I feel like I can't even say what she was doing in Battle Royale because it's that graphic. <laughs> Let's just say she was having sex and killing someone at the same time. And, I remember that. And, oh yeah. And, and oh, it's yeah. very graphic. Oh, sure. And someone took the manga from me and was like looking through it, and I was just like, "Well, that's the end of my life." <laughs> well, that's Is that it. Mitsuko? I'm not. I think her name was Mitsuko. Yeah, Mitsu, Mitsuko or Misato or something like that. It was man. That, yeah. She was messed up in the head, and that. 
and and every single person on that trip probably thought I was messed up in the head because any given <laughs> any given page in Battle Royale is gonna have someone having like their innards ripped out, which is wonderful. All right. Yeah. So, so on the pocket, and thank you for thank you for that manga minute, Mandy. Okay. As a, as a it was way. so calming. I just I just like read it like as you were talking, and I was like, damn, this is this is this is is it ASMR in some to some degree? I don't know. I was, <laughs> just me talking about manga. Yeah, but I was I was like, damn. Life is good. <laughs> your segment, is, your segment is Enzo's relaxation. Oh yes, oh yes. I'm happy I could be here for you. Yeah, thank you so much, friend. So we all just go, so we all just got back from New York City. Well, Enzo's still there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we all got back. We all got back. I got back to my Enzo. apartment. Including Enzo. Yeah. And so, I, I'm just gonna say the process of getting to New York City. So we're gonna talk about the trip in its entirety, Dude. end, end to end. The process of getting there was a shit show. It was Dude, you guys got was, so yeah, screwed. On all on all ends, except Enzo was all like warm and snuggled in his uh you know, in his Oh yeah. In his digs. Uh, what was so, he doing? I think I was watching like I think I was watching like the slime anime while you guys were all suffering in the air. Uh you <laughs> yeah. were watching Critical Role. Oh, I was watching day. Critical Role like a true Enzo would do. <laughs> so initially we thought Mandy wouldn't make it because New like Cincinnati was having that freezing rainstorm. Oh, yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, like, the bridge is going to be closed and all this craziness. Well, mm-hmm. Mandy got there, no problem. <laughs> yeah. It's, at least it's so it um, seemed. Yeah, it was real weird because a couple of days, uh, or no, it was the day before, the night before, uh, there was a big warning out that there was going to be freezing rain and the bridge from Cincinnati that goes into Kentucky was closed down. They are like, you can't cross the bridge. <laughs> but then the next day... It was still really bad out. It was still uh, like a lot of um, ice out, but a cab driver still had no problem getting me there. I just, oof, I paid a lot yeah. more than I should have. <laughs> so what should have been fifty dollar trip ended up being like almost eighty. <laughs> Damn, that's an expensive cab ride. Yeah. So Kazuo and I had our flight canceled, or it was delayed. First, it was delayed like four or five yeah. times before we even got to the airport. It was already delayed like two hours so we were like okay well we're just we'll just sit at a pub and have like a couple of drinks and have some food so that's what we did meanwhile every like half an hour the flight kept getting delayed and eventually they just canceled it mm-hmm. so we went to the gate and we we after we trolled everybody by posting a picture of us in front of the in front of the delayed flight sign in front of the gate and put it on twitter uh, we they got us on a standby they got us on standby on another flight and the lady made it very clear that if we didn't get on this particular flight, we weren't getting to New York at all because there were so many people on standby that every single flight was full. So she was like, this is it. You're either going or you're either getting on this next flight or you're driving. <laughs> to right. which, to Kazuo's credit, he was like, well, I've done it before. And I'm looking at him like, are you insane? Like, you want to yeah, yeah. Kazuo, like, Kazuo would say that. And I, pr- and I feel th- there's an inkling in me that had you guys not been able to fly, his crazy ass would have actually driven to New York. I, which is I'm, ridiculous. I'm going to be honest. I would not have gone because I am not driving 30 plus hours for one weekend. So No, no. I would have I I told you, you guys to just not. I would have just told you guys to not come. I would be well, like, listen, I'll just, I'll, I'll do the panel, like whatever. <laughs> we may have been better off driving because we got, we were the last two people on that flight, and the flight left at like ten, so we landed in New York City at around twelve thirty in JFK. Oh my god! And we sat, and this is the worst flight experience we've ever had. And when I say that, that I'm not trying to sound like a badass, but I've probably flown two hundred times. I've done oh, a lot sure. of inter- I've done a lot of, done a lot of international flying. 
this is the worst flight experience I've ever had in my life. We sat on the t- we sat on the tarmac for I count I timed it three hours and forty two minutes. All right, I just want to say for the for the casual human out there, the tarmac is where the the runway where the plane lands because I mm-hmm. didn't know what that meant either. Yeah, so <laughs> so we landed. They had no gate to put us at. So we they he was driving around the airport trying to find a gate, couldn't find one, and then in, inevitably he was like, "Well, we're just going to sit here and wait for the stairs to come. They're just going to bring stairs, and we were going to walk down the stairs onto the tarmac and you know whatever." Well, they didn't have any stairs either. So it, it, it got pretty bad. You know, at about the three-hour mark, he came on the intercom and he said, you know, well, legally, we can't keep you for more than three hours. <laughs> but... Well, good luck getting off. <laughs> but short of blowing the slides, we, we have no way of getting you off the plane. And so and there, was a, there was a guy about five rows in front of me who was like, so blow the fucking slides! And then like, oh I, and I was like, yeah, blow them! <laughs> It was getting crazy. Like people were, and apparently the plane in front of us that was waiting in front of us, I was also waiting forever. They had to have um, the air marshals waiting at the plane when the stairs showed up because they were people basically getting violent on the airplane in front of us. Oh, I'm sure. Like there, the tension and the frustration. Like I can only imagine. Like you guys are, you know, like like well tempered people. I cannot imagine some dude that has like. Or a girly, like anyone that has like anger issues, being okay with the situation. No, you know it was what bad. Mean? Yeah, dude. So it was a terrible experience. We didn't get to the Airbnb until five a.m. So the weird thing for me was that all of the flights, like the other flights from Cincinnati, were canceled, but mine was still good and on time. It was so yeah, weird. We I don't were understand that. Dude, and it was yeah, the, very the, <laughs> the manga gods, Mandy. They yeah. looked at oh. your literally your plane. They were like, "This but, w- this woman must tell her story <laughs> in New York." But we had to. But when I got there, we our plane got stuck in the snow. Oh my god! <laughs> we landed, and it was like we're stuck in the snow. We can't move. So I was also stuck in the plane, not as long as you guys, but like I think an hour ish, mm-hmm. or maybe it was like forty five to an hour and forty five minutes to an hour, and um. They kept trying to get different trucks to push the plane up to the stairs. And then all of a sudden, the, the uh, flight or the pilot would come back on. He's like, uh, so that truck didn't work. We're going to try a different truck. And everyone would laugh. We had a pretty good crowd on our plane. Everyone thought it was hilarious. Everything, everything's funny until hour three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then so, but I felt bad because poor Mandy had to fend for herself, basically, in navigating her way to the Airbnb which, uh, I, which I guess was not the most pleasant experience. Nope. <laughs> and and ultimately, the whole just arriving in New York was a, just a disaster. It was not. It did not end up yeah. as planned. And uh, honestly, I blame Delta and JFK Airport because, I mean, first of all, I mean, like, the state of New York has like what is a ton of money from taxes. Like, come on, people, get a heated runway in there for God's sake. There shouldn't be snow on runways ever. It should be. I had neighbors growing up with heated driveways. Like. Hello. Is that possible though? Because airport driveways or uh, tarmacs are massive. I mean, they could figure it out. So there anyway. has to be a solution to this. Like it, like it sounds like such a barbaric problem. Like, tell, like, tell, does this following sentence sound logical? Ready? I flew in on an airplane to the airport, and my plane got stuck in the snow. <laughs> stuck in the snow. What? Where is the logic? <laughs> 
Where is it? It's completely illogical. Tell I me. do like the idea that a thing that flies got stuck in the snow. That's what I'm I don't fucking saying. So like, what the hell? <laughs> anyway. You know, yeah, like, it was a really tough game to New York. Like, I was really stuck on my couch, and I couldn't move for, like, three hours also. Like, I, I really relate to the struggle you guys went through. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Enzo had too big of a dinner. He was laughing too hard at Critical <laughs> Role. He couldn't get up for three hours. Like, I just couldn't move from my couch, guys. Life I was, was stuck so too. hard. I was stuck too. I can't move. He was yep. wearing his he was wearing his onesies with the with the little footies on them. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So so the con was good. Uh, yes, it was. Yes. It how, was. how did you guys enjoy the con overall? Um. So Sorry. myself and a couple of the mods that came with us this year, uh, we went last year, and they all stayed at my place. Um. This time they got their own their own Airbnb. But last year was the first year of Anime NYC powered by. Crunchyroll and a million sponsors. Um, hold on, there's a lot of music outside my window. You guys hear that right now? Uh. Mm. I can't, but I'm sure it'll show. Jam to it, baby. That was groovy. Holy it's, crap! Anyway, thank you, Brooklyn. Thank you, Brooklyn. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Anime OSC this year is only the second year of the con, and I can tell you right now that there were like it was a lot of improvements because last year, um, like the panel room and like the artist alley exhibitor area was really kind of i don't know how to say it It was not like um floor plan wise organized well and the Mm. panel rooms were like way smaller like they weren't using like the ny like the new york comic-con setup this setup was the new york comic-con setup where like artist alley is off on this like second floor thing the exhibitor hall was off in this huge section and they had the panels on the lower floor which have like the big panel rooms right yeah um so 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 super improvement from last year anime yc people if you guys are listening i I, i'm pretty sure one of you guys are like good job like good job it was not hard to get our press passes nope it was not hard to navigate the place aside from like the general like Mm -hmm. crowdedness like the crowded how crowded it was um but all the staff i talked to were helpful none of them were mean none of them were upset or anything even on like late saturday um and there was food to be had if you were hungry so i think vast improvement from last year in my opinion because i went last year as well yeah i was gonna say this one was very organized the only other anime convention that i've ever been to is otakon and i've been to that a few times um and Otakon, the pan finding panels, you had needed like a map to find panel rooms because they're spread out all over the place. Right. At least it was when um when it was in Baltimore. Yep. Uh the Baltimore, right? That was the first yep. where it started. Yep. Baltimore Harbor. Yeah, okay. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I remember that correctly. Uh yeah, when it was originally in Baltimore, it was I don't know, the panel rooms were all over the place. There'd be some of them, you know, third floor, down the you know, the bottom floor. But this one was really nice. You just go down an escalator and all the yep. panel rooms all are the panels in a line. Are there. It yep. goes one, all two, three, four. Pa- yep. All the panel rooms were there with their own line forming area. So there wasn't like yeah. a chaos of like what line is for what. It was all like your room is here in front of this door is a whole <laughs> bunch of ropes that tell you, okay, if you want to line up for this panel, line up here. Bah, 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 bah. And it was all super good. It's the, it, was the, it, was the new, it was the New York Comic Con format. And I'm glad, they, co- I'm glad they copied that. it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, so if, yeah. so if you had a friend who was like, "I'm gonna, I'm in line for this panel," you didn't have to like look at a map and go, "Okay, where is this panel at? I gotta find it. How am I gonna get from you know here to there, escalators and all that?" No, you just 
that's right there. The panel room's all in a row. You're yeah. like, okay, right yeah. there. You have to learn, like, okay, the panels room, the panels are in the lower floor over here. Cool. And that's all yeah. you need to know. Because then once you get to the panel area, you could just be like, oh, I need to go to panel room to C or whatever. And you just go, you just walk until you see panel room to C. But you knew mm-hmm. all the panels were there. So that was really good because last year they were like in this like corner and then some of them were in a different spot too. So really happy I, with that. I thought it was pretty impressive for a second year. The, yeah, absolutely, dude. I will say that they're going to need to change some stuff up in the next year or so because that convention area already felt like it was at capacity. And Dude, it's the Javits Center. That's huge. Yeah, I know, but they weren't using very much of it. They're going to need to expand. They're going to need to adopt another mm. wing or something because you're like, right. You're right. Yeah. I, I was literally overwhelmed in the artist alley. It was Ooh, so it was so crowded yeah. in there that it was actually not a good experience S- at super all. Super crowded. I mean, and the dealer's room was not as bad because it was just massive. But like the artist alley was like, forget it. It was. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of the areas there was there were so many people that there was barely even a place to sit or stand anywhere. And I don't mean sit in a chair. I mean sit on the floor. Like there was. They they're gonna need to expand that thing to another portion of the convention hall. You oh, know? you know what? It was yeah. so sad because there were so many like really awesome artists there that I really wanted to go up and look at and possibly buy a print from, but I couldn't because we were like, it felt like a Japanese like, subway I know, train. I was, it was, I was awful. having I was having anxiety. I had to bail. I, I, I bought, know. I, I bought a Sonic Hedgehog keychain and I bailed out. I was like, I can't handle this. I um you, you you know you guys are right because actually the New York Comic Con format has Artist Alley in its own like own wing that you're that you correctly Mitsuki said that they weren't using. You're right. Artist Alley yeah. was Artist Alley for this for Anime NYC was in like the was in that like that upper like that upper floor, right? The very top floor, yeah. The very top floor, the third floor. Yeah, so Artist Alley for New York Comic Con is the wing that's all the way down to the right where we actually weren't allowed to go. Um, that's so and it, weird. that's a huge wing that uh, for New York Comic Con that they use. I mean, so maybe that's what they do next year. They move Artist Alley to that area instead. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like triple the size of that room. So you're talking about 20,000. So Anime MYC had 20,000 people last year, according to the internet. And you're talking 50 bucks a ticket. And it's probably bigger this year than last year. It was. So, I think they tripled that number, dude. I think they they put they the number out it? on. It the, was sixty thousand. I th- hold on. Yeah, they put it on their Instagram. How many people went to anime? So so let's just say it's sixty thousand. So with with three million dollars of revenue off tickets, and I don't know how much revenue off of the dealers' room and the artist artist alley because every single booth in those, both of those cost money, and then there's also Crunchyroll sponsoring, and they had other big vendors there that probably paid a lot of money to be there. So they welcome. Sorry, thirty six k. Sorry, thirty six k. They didn't triple, but it's it's still sixteen k over. All right, so that's one point eight million off tickets. So let's just call it two million dollars off of off total total gross. Like, I mean, the only reason why you wouldn't have a bigger section is because you just didn't want to pony up the money for it. So maybe they they might have misunderestimated the amount of people that would show up. But I would hope that with a two million dollar yeah. with a two million dollar gross off this year, next year they're going to say, well. You know, we're going to expect forty-five thousand next year, and they're going to need to. They're going to need. Oh, to do, they're going to need two wings for so sure. So, dude, actually, um, Naomi, Naomi in the chat in the YouTube chat says that hopefully next year when they when the Javits Center finishes construction, they'll use the rest of the space. I mean, so I was th- walking around this, this a lot of the space that wasn't being used. It was definitely no, yeah, but not no, but you like I so like oh, I almost said my company's name. Oh my god, um, the company I work for does its like yearly celebration at the Javits Center, and I know 
the wing I'm talking about, and it's not anywhere you guys were. It's a huge wing that you guys are not allowed to go to. So I think they're I think they're reconstructing that wing. So that's why they don't they, they don't think they even had the option of going to that area. But I'm gonna, were, was there other empty space they could have used? Yeah, probably. I'm gonna I, like I, politely yeah. disagree because I was sort of walking around a little, and if you walked towards the to to the right past all the people past all past all the events and stuff there was plenty of space that was totally just ghost town that was not uh, there was no there were no barricades up there was no nothing no sign of construction in a lot of areas and yeah uh, no, i mean i i i know you like you're, you're, yeah you're, you're right but like those like we didn't do any of this but those areas are also for like cosplay meetups and like those kind mm. of things so those are the areas that people like like the huge fandoms like My Hero Persona Five, like all the cosplay, like people meet there and take their photographs there. I mean, so like with all it looks res- empty, but like it, dude, those things take up a lot of space, bro. I, I get, it. I, I get it, and I, and I saw some of those people. There was there was space even past them, but like with all due respect, for if you're gonna if like for example, are we gonna have, are we gonna cram another fifteen thousand people into that same space next year just so people can take photographs? I don't think so. Like those people I think you I th- I think they will cuz like the cosplay well. aspect of the uh, dude conventions are like half, you know, like 20% the panels, like 20% like the artist alley and the exhibition hall and then like 60% like the cosplay because I mean, that's gonna, that's where you meet your that's where you meet your fellow fans. I'm going to passionately disagree with you here because <laughs> because <Passionately. laughs> your tone didn't change me. You're from passionately to passionately. <laughs> I mean, you're you're talking oh, to people people in cosplay going to have photo shoots is maybe 2% of all cosplayers. The majority of people that are in cosplay aren't doing all that. So you're talking about sacrificing an ex- the experience for the entirety of the convention. People like literally walking around like they're being crushed so that a couple people can take photographs. That's ridiculous. Those people need to not find a couple. Those are pretty big. No, dude, they were Look, huge. I'm gonna. Bro. I'll just say right now, <laughs> e- even if it was a thousand out of the fifty thousand people next year, it still ain't enough. So you can't be taking up all that space just so that people can do photo shoots. They can do photo shoots in other places. Find some other places. The convention needs to find space for it. Or find another convention center. Uh, so. There's not. There's not a bigger one in New York. I mean, unless you do like MSG, but like we. I mean, not even New York Comic Con has like the the guap for the msg yeah, well it's so. not really worth it's not really worth getting too deep into it the bottom line for me is they need to they need to find a way to get more space yeah. because if it's going to keep growing if, it, if it's going to grow at a at an 80 percent clip every year yeah no i no i am i'm with I mean, you because it like i also was kind of like as someone who has gone to new york comic con like the last bajillion years in a row like i was like whoa like this feels like that like this feels like that and like they need the artist alley open, like the like the like the wing, because well, like yeah. Well, I mean, plus if they have if they do fifty thousand people next year in that same space, and the fire marshal comes in, they're gonna get their ass shut down. I agree with Icy Rose. He said that he wants, as a cosplayer, he thinks uh, the photo shoots should take place outside, because I mean it's really nice having that natural lighting. It's better for taking you know pictures, but. I think the only problem with that, though, is the time of the year because it we were just one day away from like a massive like snowstorm. So That's if true. that had happened the day before, or I mean, in the day after, that would have really sucked for cosplayers. Anyway, it's gonna get to it's gonna get to a legal issue because if there had been a fire in that artist alley, people would have died. 
So if anyone from NYC is listening, I would love to talk about how like the floor planning went down. Because like it's interesting. Because I think next year, as Mintegi is predicting, as actually we are all predicting, it's I think it's gonna be more attendees. It's gonna, it's gonna be, be more attendees, and I think year. it's great. By the way, like we need yeah, bigger, it's awesome, more, dude. We need more big conventions. I just I, I really do worry about like someone setting something on fire and people getting literally trampled to death in Artist Alley because that was crazy. Like it yeah. was nuts. No, I'm so, totally with you there for sure. Point so, is, they, 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 something has to be done for that for and, sure. And, and I don't want an anime con to get shut down by the by the fire department because it's a creating a, a dangerous environment. Because I don't want I don't want I don't want conventions like anime cons to get bad reputations of being dangerous. You know, and when we know we know anime has enough problems. So, <laughs> yeah. but um, but it was a good convention, and I thought our panel went went well. By the way, shifting Dude, into the things that uh, you know. Are you shifting us. to the panel because I would love to talk about the panel. Yeah, so the panel, uh, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so as many of as you guys know, you listeners know that we had a panel in collaboration with High Dive. We were going to discuss Review Starlight from the perspective of Ikuni, who is the main influence on the director of Review Starlight. Um, so we were going to you know, discuss there. We had a special guest that was going to come in. However, as life would have it, Unfortunately, our guests couldn't make it, which is totally yeah. understandable. So as your AAA podcast, we had to f- do it live. <laughs> do it live. It we had fine. to do it live, baby. We did so it live, baby. We, uh, Mandy like amazingly put together this like really cohesive uh, PowerPoint for us to do. However, from the 45 minutes we had, 20 minutes was our presentation on Starlight. And then 20 minutes was, was supposed to be for the guests to take up, right? However, no guests, so we had to we had to fill 20 minutes on the fly. And not going to lie, I wasn't really that nervous for the panel in general. I was only nervous knowing that and then also having to just like do it for my first time. Um so yeah, uh, I so so I guess like going into the panel how do you guys feel cuz I was sorry, whoa, I'm really burpy today. Um as we were approaching <laughs> the panel, I know. Let it rip, I, baby. I know I was starting to get a little nervous, but not because of talking in front of people, but from the perspective of like, this is my first panel ever, like, you know, in a, in a, in, in a community that I really love. Um, it's, it was my first time representing, um, something other than myself in this kind of context. And I was only nervous because I didn't want to let the podcast down like that. I was, I was holding myself to such a high expectation that I was like, I really can't mess this up because like this is our first like New York big panel shot. Um, so that's what I was feeling like. That's what all my mind was. I was like, don't mess this up. Like this is big. So don't Ma- mess this up. <laughs> Mandy, how did you feel about the, how did you feel going into the panel? Going into it? I mean, um, how, I mean, I should say, how did you, how did you feel when we were about to start when we knew that our guest wasn't going to be there? When I, when we knew the guest wasn't going to be there. Correct. Um, I was a little nervous because I was thinking, man, I put in so much time for the guest because, I mean, he's the English dub director. So I thought, you know, people probably want to hear a lot of what he has to say and want to make his time being there worth it. So I gave him a lot of time for questions. I even wrote out the questions for him. And, uh, yeah, so he didn't show up. I was really kind of nervous. But then, like you said, we... I mean, we pretty much just let the audience feed questions to us. So 
it wasn't that bad. But there are, I do have a lot of regrets. There are things, there were questions about Review Starlight that I wasn't expecting because I wasn't expecting this like, you know, ask us questions. I, I was expecting like, these are the questions we're going to ask the dub director. And I was going, I was expecting to focus more on the voice acting, the English voice acting of it, but not the questions that we got. And then afterwards, I thought up a lot of responses and we can get that to that in the review that I wish I had known before going into that panel. I wish I had had time. I mean, just, I wish I had known what questions are going to be asked. I know it's impossible, but... Impossible, yeah. You know, it's... I don't know. I wasn't prepared for that. And we did get a lot of interesting questions that I I didn't think of before. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's where... um, that's where you and I, I don't, I, I don't, I can't, I'm not going to speak for Kazo, but at least, and I, and Mitz, it's your turn like, to tell me how you felt beforehand. But I think that's where you and me, Mandy, given our first panel, like my nervousness only came from like not laying the podcast down. And also the fact that we had, we had to fill 20 minutes. And I know from prior experiences, like with playing shows with my band and like giving speeches at my job, like 20 minutes is a long time. So like I would, that's what, the only reason I was nervous. So Mitz, like, how'd you, Mitz, how'd, so you've done pounds before. Like, how'd you feel going into this one, knowing that our guests unfortunately couldn't make it? Um. Well, I, I was as you guys were talking just now. I was trying to think about what my first panels were ever, and the reality is I can't remember <laughs> because I'm so old. But I wasn't nervous about it. I was. I, I wasn't expecting the issues we had. At the panel, yeah, um, and I don't. We had some I, sound issues too. <laughs> we had sound issues, but like honestly, yeah. I have never in my life gone to a panel that ran well. Actually, that's not true. Usually, panels I don't run perfectly. There's always something. I've done some crazy shit at panels. I once had to run up a a deactivated flight of escalators with speakers on my shoulders because they didn't have any speakers at the panel that I was doing audio video at. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, stuff like that, just madness. You know, I'm literally r- sprinting through the through the dealer room with like tower speakers on my shoulders and running up flights as escalators. Like that shouldn't have to happen, but it does. Um, but given how much experience we all have bantering and talking and just being people, I was not concerned about filling the extra twenty minutes on the panel. That you know, once we ran out of the panel's content, and and to be perfectly honest. I think that we probably could have filled a lot more time than we did. Yeah. I, I, now, now, you know, in hindsight, like, um, first of all, it's like, thank you for being like, like a leader in that moment because you from the get go were like, nah, we're fine. Like we do this every week. We do um, it, man. We, we'll, yeah. Yeah, we'll, like there's four of us here. We all mesh well. Like we're going to fill 20 minutes. No problem. And I was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. And that calmed me down a little bit. And then, um, yeah, in hindsight, like, from how well the conversation with the audience was going, like we could have definitely sat there for like another half an hour for sure. Easily. It could have been been another hour actually, you know, they were, they were almost 200 people at the panel and, you know, and and I, and I, and I don't want to leave Kazuo out of the conversation either because Kazuo is just a natural comedic presence. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. We had some laughs. You d- definitely. We all. We all. I thought we laughed a lot, dude. What? <laughs> all of us, I thought, were really good on the panel, and especially you guys being a, being your first time at such a big panel. Um, but I just wanted to speak for Kazuo because he's not here. Kazuo 
in a moment where you're trying to fill time because your panel has run out of content and you're trying to engage the audience, the comedy is really valuable. And just that's like Cosmo just that's what he does. He's just a funny guy, you know? And that's really valuable. And I think that people really enjoy like what the hell are the giraffe jokes that we did? Dude, okay. That's easily <laughs> easily like, my that favorite part. From? Because okay, because in review Star- we'll, we'll, and we'll get to in review Starla is a giraffe character, right? Like yeah, the, exactly. Like the overseeing person. So this guy, <laughs> so me, Mandy, and this Mitsugi guy are over like, here. Oh, this guy, this guy. All right, but me, Mitz, and Mandy are engaged um, in this conversation um, about the giraffe and review Starlight, right? And then all just literally from from out of nowhere, you just hear you just hear Kazu go. Does it take longer for giraffes to throw up? I mean, like, does it just have to go slowly up <laughs> like their what? necks? And then Mitz, Mitz goes, what? I go, what? And Manny goes, what? And the entire crowd is just dying because we were, we were like, having, a, like, a pretty, like, cool, serious point. And he just, like, out of nowhere, just like, hey, like, does it take longer for giraffes to throw up? I mean, like, their legs are quite long. <laughs> 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 and then it got and then it, it got so far that High Dive was and again thank you to High Dive for helping us even have the panel at all because I have no doubt we would not yeah, have gotten the panel. Sure. Um, and I want to make a comment about that also afterwards. <clears throat> the, um, the, the High Dive even tweeted us and I think Sentai Filmworks was there as well. We were there was there were a series of tweets regarding giraffes afterwards, which was pretty funny. <laughs> and and like yeah, Can because it turned it turned into yeah. how do giraffes how long does it take for a giraffe to grow up? Like the audience was asking questions. It was just <laughs> it was good. It, it was um, com- comedy is never bad ever. No, never. I've gone to panels that are just complete. Some of my favorite panels I've ever been to, and trust me, I'm old. I've been to a lot of panels. Some of them, some of them, my favorites, my most memorable ones are ones at Oticon late at night, where there's Mm. they're just there. I've seen those. They're there to shit talk and be funny, and that's it. Like you're not going to gain any knowledge from it. You're not going to have insights on Gundam or something. They're just there to talk shit and be funny. And like some of those panels are my all-time favorites. Yeah, like I, went, I agree. I, I went to a 4chan panel once that was just beyond oh filthy. Beyond filthy. And the whole point of the panel was almost as if to just offend everybody until everybody left. Like it was like their goal was to eliminate the audience by offending them. My that God. was that was one of my favorite panels I've ever been to, just because of how the shock value of being in there. Um, Absolutely. And, and like yeah, that, so, oh, that is sorry. entertainment. Like that to me is more valuable than most other panels. And I love it. Like I love that. Yeah, I want to, so going off the high dive being, like, literally high dive being, like, the best, like, just, like, more than I ever thought a sponsor could be for us, but, like, in the moment when we, on the panel, when we wrapped up, like, our planned, you know, conversation, like, our planned points with Review Starlight and the presentation that Mandy had made, um, we, you know, in a moment of, like, just heroism, uh, Jessica from High Dive, right? Yep. The yep. I believe Jessica's title is like the digital marketing um, director. I'm pretty sure she runs the Twitter for High Dive, and does, right? And, and like, does other yeah. things yeah. as well, but yeah, she's a marketing. Yeah, like she's like digital, like in charge of a lot of like the digital uh, alleyways of High Dive. Um, we, you know, kind of half joking, half serious. We're like, you know what, guys? Like, let's anyone from the audience can come up here and join us for like a little a quick conversation Q and a, and then hot, like Jessica from high dive just gets up and says like, I'll go up. And then she comes up and joins us and she absolutely helped facilitate the last half of, um, of the panel because, you know, being able to talk to her, 
Um, from High Dive, you know, we get like some industry perspective. And then through that, you know, we somehow segue into giraffes, which made the crowd lose it. And then um, we made it to Q&A and it was cool having the audience ask her questions, ask us questions and her answering questions that the, that the audience asked us as well. So like huge, like huge shout out to Jessica from High Dive. Like that was genuinely like really cool of her to come up and be like, hey, like I am and I am. It was cool. It was one moment where like I like during the whole giraffe debacle when people were Googling facts about giraffes and like telling us them. Um, uh, she got one moment because she was sitting next to me. She goes into the mic. She goes, yeah, this is the podcast we chose to sponsor. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> she, <laughs> and I just died laughing. She was like, yeah, yeah. Like, guys, like this is like I am officially high dive and we are officially sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> We had a review Starlight oh, cosplayer in our crowd, and her outfit was really good. Dude, her cosplay was amazing. Yeah. Like, it was super, dude, the, the textures on her cosplay were super cool. My highlight cosplay moment at the panel was I shouted out a Mercy cosplay from Overwatch, and I was like, yo, shout out Mercy, your cosplay is sick. And she was like, oh my God, thank you. And I was like, yeah, I'm a Diamond Mercy main, and she's my, she's my favorite. She was like, oh my God, I love you. And I was like, oh my God, I love you too. It was so good. God, that panel was so fun, guys. Like, I, I, I remember, like, um, after the panel was done, and this is my favorite part, like, my favorite part of the panel was after the panel was done when, like, a solid, like, 15, 20 people, like, came up to the table and just saying like thanks and like i i think this is the same naomi that was at the panel here in the youtube chat today like you know she was like hey you guys are cool like what's the discord like i want to join it was really cool like you know introducing people to the to the discord and just having so many people be like so i heard people from the audience be like hey mandy like what's the next manga we're reading like obviously that person mm -hmm. goes to manga club and it was like my favorite comment that like high key got me emotional but i had to like swallow my tears to not cry in front of everyone was um i someone was like hey and like this couple came up to me and was like hey and so nice to meet you like you do such a great job on the podcast like keep it up and i and i say like oh like thank you so much it means so much to me because you know i still get a little nervous when i hit record and it's i still think about the fact that i'm filling in for chiaki and kimiko who are two beloved hosts of the podcast and like they both seriously go hey man it doesn't show and you're doing more than enough and i was like thanks like Thank I was really so sad much. the staff started shooing people away because I wish we I had know, more right? time to talk to people. I know, people. like, that was the best part. <laughs> I wish that, I think next time we should have a panel for just us if we yeah, can. Yeah, 100%. Like, one, like, if High Dive will have us again, you know, yeah. with, their, with like, their brand in it, like, we should definitely do it because I, at this point, love High Dive with my bones. <laughs> like, they're great. And if we can do one for ourselves, like, maybe do an episode live or something at the at the con, that I think that would be even better so that we have, like, a pure hour with, you know, fans that are there for us. I think I, I think after looking at the, at the panel selection at the convention, I think I understand why um, some of the, like, the doing a live podcast there would have been really challenging because it seems like they had a lot of the, the panel space reserved for industry and that was pretty much it so oh, okay. i mean if you look at the schedule it was there was a lot of it was aniplex then it was funimation then it was crunchyroll then it was high dive then it was you know right. there was, it, most of the panels were large industry panels and it didn't really 
and I get, and I totally get it, and it makes sense to me. And people are going to want to go to those. Obviously, they're really important. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A, a lot of the conventions that I've been to, including Otakon, actually, which is kind of rare for Otakon because it's so big. There's a lot of fan panels. So, yeah. So like I've done, I've done a live podcast before at conventions. We've done that. And yeah, Otakon had a tons of weird, tons ones, of like... weird, crazy shit. Like there was a how to survive the zombie apocalypse at uh, mm-hmm. at Otakon where that was done by fans of just the Resident Evil games. It wasn't Capcom; it was just fans of yeah. Resident Evil. So if yeah. I if I can give one piece of recommendation to uh, to Anime NYC, it would be one panels need to be longer than forty five minutes. Uh, forty five minutes is not enough time to do almost anything, and um, try to have more panels and just have more like rather because it seemed like they only had maybe three or four per day per room. And I feel like they could have they could they could have had a lot more panels and had more room for individual like non industry people yeah. to come in and do things. Mm. So like um, that that's really my only gripe in terms of the panels is you know maybe allow people that aren't a part of the industry to come in and share their their fandoms or whatever whatever people do. So because yeah. some because some of the flair of anime conventions is experiencing things from, things from the fan perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, absolutely. There was one one of my favorite panels of all time was uh, here in New York. We have a smaller anime con called Liberty City Anime Con, mm-hmm. and last year or two years ago, yeah, last year, two years ago, two years ago, there's a high Q panel, but it wasn't a panel at all. It was just it was a uh, ten high Q cosplayers, one Karasuno and one uh, um, Josai, and they versed each other in the volleyball match. <gasps> yeah, um, yep. at Otakon one year they had uh, Haikyuu teaching you how to play bo- volleyball, and they had like people come up and uh, with you know volleyballs and showed you how to do all the different moves and practice. <laughs> yeah, and that uh, that was one of the coolest panels because like it was cool because fans of the show know the cheers for like the schools, so it was cool being in a crowd cheering for like yeah. um, Oikawa, right? And just like just fanning, just fan, just you know fanboying out for that. So, yeah, I think that's a good recommendation, a good, like, uh, tip for the anime OIC. Even if it's, like, a panel room away from all the other panel rooms, like, just goes all day long, even at the same time slots as other panels are from the industry, just, like, give the fans a space to get to do panels. I think that's a good idea. Even Even if it's silly things like a dance party, like, I've seen people do, like, oh, Pokemon dance party, and it's just, like, people in Pokemon cosplay going in and dancing to music in the panel room. That sounds silly, you know, and it doesn't really. It's not not professional or whatever. But but the the fans, there are a lot of there are a lot of younger people at anime cons, and they enjoy doing silly stuff like that. So totally, totally. So, but overall, I thought Anime NYC was a really good con, especially for its second year, and I'm kind of excited to see where it's going to be after year like ten. Yeah, I agree. You know, they Agreed. can there can be great things happening. Anime NYC could be Anime Expo if that you know if they're going to grow at eighty percent a year, which they won't. It'll slow down, but. If I don't know, dude. I mean, it's well, New York. It's New York. Don't forget. I mean, That's a factor in it all. Growth, basic growth curves would suggest that that won't happen. But if it does, please, please use the whole convention center. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's spend a few minutes. Just a few, we're really running long. A couple minutes on the rest of the trip. Oh, oh yeah. There's a whole other part of the trip. <laughs> I just, uh, I guess my mind was just so fixated on the panel because I genuinely left that panel room like overjoyed and just like vibrating with. I haven't been that happy in a really long time, like, like genuinely like head to toe happy. Like I, and that's why I'm like so glad that, like I've, I've like this Thanksgiving I was mostly thankful that I'm a part of the podcast because just doing 
the panel and just meeting people that genuinely were like, dude, thank you so much was like, I've never felt that before in my life ever. So like, thanks to all the listeners that came to the panel. We hope to do more. We yeah. want to do more and we will try our best to do that. Yeah. And one more thanks to High Dive because we would not have gotten that panel without High Dive because of, the, because of the industry nature of the panels. So we were lucky to be in there. It so. actually felt really good to have people show up. I was like worried, oh, yeah. you know, before I was like, ah, I wonder how many people are going to show up for us. And then when all these people start pouring in, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, like, they like us. <laughs> especially especially for, a, for a podcast, for an anime that's not like a super mainstream anime like, yeah. like Review Starlight. I thought it was a pretty good crowd. You know, you're only going to get fans of Review Starlight in a Review Starlight panel. So, I had a moment of big smiles. I was like, I can't believe this. I was not expecting this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, neither was I, dude. Like, holy shit. <laughs> My favorite non-convention moment uh, in New York was was going to eat go-go curry. It was everything I wanted. Uh, just absolutely my food my food fantasy came true i got to have japanese curry i was i love that you know um it's it's ah it was so good dude you love that <laughs> you love that stuff man oh man i love it it's like what i live for yeah on the topic of food your boy enzo was cursed this that this weekend so i have been put on a really strict diet to like help get rid of like my um like acid reflux stuff going on right now so i can't eat anything too crazy so guys this whole that whole weekend that whole weekend i was watching my co-host and our fellow mods just like downing the most beautiful curry ramen uh japanese sweets and i just was there sipping water the whole time well you're better you're gonna be better off for it you'll you'll you're gonna be back to fight another day <laughs> Oh, dude, I'll, I, I, I kept saying it, I was like, the day I'm allowed to eat, I'm going to eat so much and just ruin myself again. <laughs> Do you want to speak about the karaoke event? We're running really long, so I'm, I'm, I was going to talk about the Castle in the Sky movie I saw in the theater, but I'm going to save that for the after party. Um, yeah, so so you, you saw Castle in the Sky. You guys went to a bar. Kazel trolled the bar with the karaoke machine that was there. It's hilarious. Uh, he, he, even <laughs> played chip, he even played chipmunk music. <laughs> God. I wish he was here. <laughs> Mason and I, Mason, our mod on Discord, went and saw the Natsume movie at right. the uh, anim- at the convention. It it was so great. I loved it. We both had very uh, similar opinions on it. It starts off kind of slow, and it almost feels like jumbled up stories. Like like they were folk. Like they had four different short stories, but then all of a sudden they all came together at the end. But I was really annoyed because there's this really tall guy in the front and I could not see some of the oh. subtitles. <laughs> of course. But he ended up moving halfway through the movie because I kept kind of like moving around him like I can't see. But um, he ended up moving and then I had a perfect shot after that. But uh, And they gave out um, these little, like, you remember like the studio... When we went to the Ghibli Museum, they gave us the uh, film strips. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave those out. Oh, from that's the super Natsume cool. Movie wow. To everyone who showed up. And uh, Enzo's friend Liz was there, and I met her. And she was so happy because Mason got the one that she wanted, and they instantly traded. And she was just so thrilled, and I was happy for that, too. Yeah, she told me about that. I met up with her afterwards at a bar oh, near here. You? Yeah, yeah. At, near, uh, at a bar near my place after you guys left, and we just fangirled for a long time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we had a karaoke event. Um, un- super unlucky. A lot of the people that were going to come were just tormented and sad. They, you know, think it, it was a late night 
karaoke event and a lot of people were either like oh my god like my person i'm with is so tired or like hey like things came up which is totally fine we still had a very lovely listener join us for karaoke and boy did we boy did we sing amok in that karaoke room it was pretty amok and there was a lot of food it was, i didn't realize there was gonna be so much food otherwise i don't even think we would have eaten dinner beforehand yeah so much food uh there were a lot of drinks to be had pitch i mean like pitchers pitchers of beer and pitchers of sake oh my god um and yeah we sang we sang so much we sang our hearts off for two hours and i thought the coolest thing ever was that we ended it with a lot of um i believe i can fly oh, that was nice. <laughs> yeah it did. And we like slow walked out of the karaoke room <laughs> i did my primal scream i can't remember what song that was but that oh was my god oh, mandy- I was disturbed <laughs> Mandy, Mandy put on Disturbed. Like a oh yeah, Disturbed. I put on every song that sickness. you stream to. Oh my god, it was because <laughs> I was so excited. It was so ridiculous. I really hope that next year, if we do a karaoke event again, like the people that wanted to come can actually come. Because like yo, it, I was, <laughs> it was wild. I was a little disappointed though in the place because they didn't have a lot of really common stuff. <laughs> like. They didn't even have any one OK Rock, which just really blew my mind. <laughs> really didn't? I thought I saw one OK no. Rock when I, when I searched in the past. No, they didn't have that. They didn't have flyers. They didn't have a lot of like the. They definitely have flyers. We, me and Andrew were looking for it. We couldn't find it. I thought I found it in the past. Maybe I don't know. It's also like it's unfor- Like their system has stuff, but you have to be like super specific when you mm, search. Yeah. You can't. You you can't like even miss one hiragana character or like yep. it's like you just will never come up i kept queuing mm-hmm. up like the really common like verse nostalgic dragon ball songs for cosmo and one after another he couldn't sing them i was like what is wrong with you <laughs> like like the, like the opening theme song to dragon ball i thought would have been for sure a hit but uh, ma- i mean hedgehala ma- was a hit well hedgehala i mean that was a hit <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean hedgehala is yeah hedgehala is one of the great like one of the great karaoke songs it was good. Yeah. I, I had a lot yeah. of fun. So did I. I, I, I mean, fun. after that, I was dead. I was so dead tired though, because like that was standing in. What dude? What song was it that uh, we all went super hard to for no reason? It was like a fucking like a pop punk song. Oh what was man, it? we did Chop what Suey. I don't. Oh, it was Chop Suey. We went. We went so hard. Oh, for we Chop were Suey singing Fall Out for... Boy. And Fall Out Boy. <laughs> I put on like three Fall Out Boys. <laughs> I have a I have a very embarrassing video of everyone going super hard. I'm never I have a few post videos. It. Yeah, I'm never gonna post it. The only thing I posted was us singing the Pokemon theme song together. Um, oh yeah, I found the Pokemon theme song. Yeah, which is a great pick. That 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 really set the mood. I think. Hmm. All right, so I have I have to, I have talks of the of the Castle in the Sky movie in theaters, which I caught, and I was glad I went and saw that. But I think I'm gonna save it for the after party because we're we're running long. So I think we should call okay. it here. We should call it here and go to the news break. So who wants to read the intro trivia question? Does anybody else have anything they feel like they must say before we move on? Uh, um, uh, high dive. You're super cool. Thank you so much. Let's do this again. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I, I want to do. The, I want to do a panel so bad. But yeah. Anyway, before the news break, like you guys know, we're gonna ask you another question. So this time in the film Castle in the Sky, what primary occupation to what primary occupation to the inhabitants of Pazu's town practice? Let us know. See you soon.
Hey all you anime addicts, Mitsuki's back, and just like always, there are two news breaks, so let's get right to it. First off, we have a man being arrested in Japan. A man was arrested for selling modified Super Nintendo systems, the mini ones, in Japan recently. The Shimane Prefecture Police arrested a 39-year-old employee named Tomoyuki Miyamoto, who was in Kashima. Apparently, he sold three modified consoles to people at a total expense of about $550. It had some extra games added to them that didn't come with the uh, Super Nintendo Mini version, which violated Nintendo's copyright and trademark laws for the games. So he got busted up for selling just three consoles, which just shows how serious Nintendo is about enforcing the rules when it comes to copyright infringement. Next up on the list, it looks like we have another anime coming out. Sueisha released that Riicho Inagaki and Boichi's Dr. Stone manga is going to be getting an anime adaptation that's going to be coming out in July 2019. Looks pretty cool. Looks like a shonen fighting type manga. Viz Media describes the manga's first volume as, quote, on, on one fateful day, all of humanity was petrified by a blinding flash of light. After several millennia, high schooler Taiju awakens and finds himself lost in a world of statues. However, he is not alone. His science-loving friend Senku's been up and running for a few months, and he's got a grand plan in mind to kickstart civilization with the power of science. Which sounds very cool. The art looks definitely pretty neat, and this one I think could be a relatively anticipated title considering it's a, it's a Suecia shonen property. So let's look out for more details about Dr. Stone as they're released in the next coming months. Next up, Adi Shankar, who you'll know was the executive producer of Netflix's Castlevania animated series, has confirmed that he's going to be doing an animated series based on the Devil May Cry video game franchise. Now, I don't know if anybody told him how terrible the Devil May Cry anime was, but apparently he wants to take another crack at it. He wants to, he stated that the series, quote, will join Castlevania in what we're now calling the bootleg multiverse. Kind of an interesting way to describe it. He also said that he acquired the rights himself so that the, quote, jabronis in Hollywood can't F this one up too, which is a very strong statement. He says that his previous Castlevania series overperformed, so people ought to look forward to the release of The Devil May Cry on Netflix. However, I hope that, that, uh, that Dante doesn't look the way he does in the promo art because he looks like his, his very emo, like, teenage self Dante and not the cool older Dante that we all like. So we're going to have to wait and see more details about this when they come out later on. And lastly, we have more arrest news. Two individuals in the Akita and Kyoto prefectures were arrested on separate accounts of pirating Dragon Ball Heroes arcade game cards. It looks like the suspect is a, one suspect is a 19-year-old male who sold more than 1,000 copies of illegal, illegal reproductions of cards. So he got busted up pretty bad. The suspect in Kyoto is a 38-year-old unemployed male who allegedly made almost $11,000 in counterfeit cards between July 2015 and now. So he said to the police when he was caught that, quote, he was aware it was a crime and it was simple to do and an easy way to make money. So that's probably true and one way to uh, confess your crimes. So, But shame on you for, for pirating things. And this is Mitsuki, and we're going to get back to the podcast right now. Chiaki on Tokyo Nightclubs. 
So then I'm in this club and here's the way it works with like the foreign guys in the clubs. They're like, I'm just kind of moving my shoulders, walking over to you. There's my penis. <laughs> <laughs> shh, shh, it's okay. It's just my penis. Well, I decided I'm gonna dance with a Japanese guy because I'm like, I'm in Japan. I'm in a club in Tokyo. I'm gonna dance with a Japanese guy. And Japanese guys are the best people to dance with at clubs because they keep all the creepers away from you because you're dancing with someone. Huh. But like, one of the big thresholds we got to when we were dancing together was he held my hand. Guys, when dancing with Chiaki, you might want to keep it in your pants. Back to the show. And we're back to the 448th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast. Which one of you lovely, beautiful people would like to lead us back in here at the Intro The most beautifulest one, Mandy. Oh. Um, so the question before the break was, <clears throat> excuse me, in the film Castle in the Sky, what primary occupation do the inhabitants of Pazu's town practice? And the answer is mining. Mining, yeah. baby. Mining, baby. I can't wait to talk about Castle in the Sky in the after party. Yeah, I actually want to know what that because I, I, I don't think I've seen that one in theaters yet. If it sounded like I had something in my mouth, I most certainly did. <laughs> I, <laughs> At right least she's honest, people. Back, I, right when we came back, I stuck a pretzel in my mouth, and then we came back. I'm like, oh no, hurry, chew. <laughs> well, well, you did good. You did good yeah. chewing. Um, yeah. So as we always do, thankfully we have a five star review as well. For iTunes review. That was that, and yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So we have a five star review this time coming from Salt Double S Double T on the word Salt there. Um, subjected Salt 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 Salt. Anyway, subject is subject says amazingness five stars, and Salt says. This podcast is one that all anime fans can enjoy. I started listening um, about three months ago to uh, to keep that to keep my mind busy while mowing my yard, and now I listen to it multiple times a week. The chemistry between the hosts is very natural, and they do a great job keeping the audience entertained. I get excited every time I listen. I'm so happy to have found people who share my passions and aren't afraid to speak their minds. AA hosts, you've gained a lifelong fan. Keep up the awesome content. Hell yeah, salt to yeah, yeah, I know you're on the Discord too. I've seen you post around. Thank you so much for uh, listening to us. I hope that you don't listen. I hope you don't. I hope that you don't associate the podcast with mowing your yard. Um, <laughs> I hope you. Listen, I hope you listen to us um, whenever you have the time. Thank you so much. All right, so we're gonna do a review on review on review Starlight. A review on mm-hmm. review Starlight. Oof. So, that tongue twister. Yeah, and then uh, this was also the anime of course that we did at the panel on so it's pretty much fresh in all of our minds i think but i think mandy is the mm-hmm. expert here so i'm gonna let you kick it off uh sure so yeah this was my pass um and Revy starlight is was adapted by studio kinema kinema citrus who also made made in abyss and barakamon nice. uh the director was furukawa tomohiro who is also a student of Ikuhara, and that's going to be very important later on because that will be probably a giant part of the discussion. <laughs> but um, 
So yeah, the story is about Karen Aijo and her childhood friend Hikari Kagura. And um, they made a wish when they were children that one day they would stand on the stage together, becoming theatrical stars together. And uh, flash forward to the present, Karen is enrolled in a theatrical school, uh, Seisho Music Academy. And she's surrounded by other girls who want to become stars, also become stars one day. Uh, there's Nana, who's a.k.a. Banana. Banana. <laughs> Uh, there's Juna and Maya and Claudine and Futuba and Karu, I think it was Karuko and Mahiro. And one day a new student is introduced to the class. Um, and it's Hikari, the one who, uh, her friend from childhood, uh, she moved away when they were children to England and now she's back in Japan in, in the same school. And, but Hikari's acting a little strange. She seems kind of cold and distant to her once best friend and um karen is confused about her friend's coldness and decides to go check up on her one night uh and she follows her uh hikari to the school and they sneak in or she sneaks in after her and she comes to this elevator and after entering it karen is plummeted into like uh I guess a basement, a but for me, I think it'd be like a different realm almost. I, because I consider it, I consider it a different realm. There's no yeah, way but, that um, that archaeologically exists. Like no one, like no one's massive, gone in there. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's this massive stage with this giraffe watching from the audience, and on stage, <clears throat> Hikari is fighting with Juna. Um, both of the girls are wielding weapons, and they're actually fighting each other while singing. Uh, the giraffe tells Karen that they are fighting to become the top star. And the winner of the review will obtain, you know, the starlight. Uh, Karen hates watching her friends fight and remembers her promise to Ikari that one day they would stand on the stage together. So she leaps down and stops the two from fighting. And in doing so, Karen wins the review and becomes entangled in these battles now for the top star position. And so the show alternate between size of life moments with the characters and these review fight scenes and the fight scenes always happen after the mysterious giraffe sends out <clears throat> a text message to tell who is who who is fighting who that night and um it's it's ooh, it's gonna be really hard to talk about this without spoilers because mm. there are some massive twists in it like the first episode uh unless you somehow saw ikuhara's name floating around you kind of didn't know that was going to come up these like fights um like stage fights at the end because the whole first first half of the episode feels very slice of life yeah it's um, like it, it feels like a like drama. if you yeah it just feels like like a show about like girls that are performing uh, that are at a performing art school you know yes. like it just feels that way um i i want if i could just like add my two cents from the beginning well actually first um this show is on high dive disclaimer um that does not affect our opinions at all but we'd like to let you guys know just for full transparency um yeah so first episode my impressions were goddamn because i like as you mentioned i didn't expect the like the um like the magical essence ish of the show like when she went to the elevator and the way the elevator pops up i was like whoa okay this is not this is not gonna be like a normal show because i didn't watch any trailers beforehand or even looked at a lot of concept art beforehand i just pressed play one time and i got i personally think that first episode was really strong because it very much so could have been 
a performing arts slice of life school show with these with these girls as, as the cast and it was set up to be and, and with the way that the show started it could have been a really good one of those i think but the twist although you know otherworldly kind of fit really well and then you get into that you know that realm where the stage fights happen and a couple things blew my mind i love the aesthetics i loved oh, it. it i love I love their wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I love how like the particles of like of their attacks. I love like the like the the show like forces you to accept to bet like it it forces you to be okay with like letting go of reality. Like you're you're like okay like this is a thing. And it does this, and it like forces it upon you so heavy-handedly, but it also is just so good that you're like, yeah. Like okay, I'll watch this because the choreograph, the choreography is super cool. It's super cool, and the fact that they're performing at the same time, and the voice actresses are singing at the same time, was awesome. And I and I was all for it. Like I was all for it. And um, I think the quality of the show doesn't suffer throughout uh, in terms of like choreography, in terms of songs, in terms of voice acting, in terms of like character dynamics. I think the show's pretty consistent the whole time, and that's something really hard to do as we have seen anime. You know peak and then fall midway through their seasons yeah artistically it's really impressive the animation is quite good and <clears throat> the action scenes are really engaging too like it's it is action i mean it's it I is it's kind uh-huh. of theater with performances or whatever but i mean it's there's there's, there's action happening here and, and it's and it actually has better action than a lot of shows i've seen the and i think a lot of that it's just like it has like a certain crispness to it and it's just it's the quality of it is high and so like when you're having action scenes you want it to have high quality animation, very crisp visuals. And I think that that definitely gets delivered here by this show. It definitely looks really nice. Um, and you know, and then that's and that's on top of all of the you know, the extra sort of thematic stuff that that the show is doing. So th- there's a lot of there's a lot of good things going on. Um this uh also some things to point out is it's a mixed media franchise. It's uh also a live stage performance and the actresses that are perform in the live stage performance are also the voice actresses for the Japanese dub and they sing all of their songs as well and it's also uh, a game from Bushi Road it's in the Japanese iTunes store I don't know if we're ever going to get an English translation to it mm, yeah. but that's also available um, and I guess we'll talk about Takarazuka later on but because that's a big part of this uh, show Yeah, but Man, uh, it's it's bleeding Ikuhara a lot. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's so much like Utena in an um Oh my god, I a think, lot like Utena. Yeah, like and also Ikuhara was always very um influenced by or inspired by Takarazuka. So it's interesting that Furukawa Tomohiro, I don't think he I don't think he's the original writer of it but I do think it's interesting that his student picked up something that was always such a big inspiration for Ikuhara like like that was the um you know the central theme of the show uh but yeah there's uh the very very interesting transformation sequences that are reminiscent of Utsuna um the fight scenes have a very similar feel to them it's like oh you know this other entity is telling these two girls that you and you is going to fight at this time. And then the way you win is to unpin the cloak from your opponent. Very reminiscent of, you know, the roses and yeah. the rose battles. It's like the exact or same thing. Rose duels. 
Yeah, <laughs> and uh, very surreal backgrounds, and each one, is, like, during stage performances. And each one is steeped in symbolism for the characters who are currently um, uh, battling one, one another. And uh, something else I thought was very interesting, and we talked about this during the... Um, during the panel was the interesting foreshadowing with the starlights. Uh, I thought it was very interesting because throughout almost all of the show, that was not like a close up of a character or a close up of something else. If it's like, um, you know, a full body shot, there's always starlights hidden in the background. We were trying, we were pointing them out during the panel. Yeah. And sometimes the positions of those would foreshadow the ending. And, Oh man, we're gonna have to talk about the halfway point towards the end. It's it's a big part of the story. <laughs> that I it's gonna be a massive spoiler. So do you have the spoiler uh thing to put up on you screen in case somebody wants to? I think to... I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth. I know we have another okay. we have another spoiler drop yeah. somewhere. I have, yeah, to, okay. I have right. to look for the image <laughs> on this computer. Well, if you want to watch this, I guess drop out now and come back and listen later if you haven't already watched this. But during halfway through it, um, we find out that Banana, this character, one of the girls fighting, is actually the winner of the review, Starlight. And she, in the draft, grants her a wish. And every time she wishes to just rewind time and do it again. So they've been kind of stuck in this loop doing the same you know, p putting on the same performance uh, every time and every time she wins and she just rewinds time again. And there's, she feels like this is kind of saving her friends from disappointment, from a disappoint, like, so they can keep performing together and she's kind of like sacrificing herself for this. But um, because the theme of the show is that, or the ultimately the show Two star, two stars can't be on the same level together, which is, which goes against Karen's, you know, Promise dreams of being Hikari. on stage with Hikari. Yeah. But no two stars can ever obtain the starlight together. And so, if you pay attention to the starlights in the background, there's always two of them, that, and one is always higher than the other. And it it's good foreshadowing for the ending. I thought it was very interesting when you finally get to the ending and see that I'm like, ah, I gotcha. I see this now. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So what we were talking what I was talking about with Takarazuka is an all female troupe, you know, in actual real life Japan. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a town, and, there's actually a town called Takarazuka yes. near, near Kyoto that yeah. is known for these performances and they have like their own theater and stuff and it's really expensive and tough to get tickets. But for sure, ostensibly worth but, it. I've never been to. I've never seen it. Yeah, traditionally, um, women were played by men in kabuki plays. So Takarazuka was created, and originally Takarazuka was uh, extremely competitive. And uh, I was reading that it was actually when it first started up, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly patriarchal or patri. Oh man, if I could pronounce this. Patriarchal. <laughs> Patriarchal. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, because a lot of the women were married off, like you were saying during the uh, panel, a lot of women were married off to politicians. They were supposed to embody the ideals that women were supposed to be good wives and mothers. But over the years, Takarazuka ended up becoming more of an empowerment for women because they 
could now perform an environment that was predominantly male, and a lot of the roles were male roles performed by women now. And so a lot of the performances would challenge Japan's imposed ideas of sexuality and gender. And I think that really shows in Ikuhara's works that he was, how inspired he was by Takarazuka. And um, Revue Starlight is all about the extremely competitive nature of these plays oh, and how yeah. grueling the fights can be to become the top star. It's very toxic. And so Banana was always putting on a safe play. Like she put on the play that she believed the audience wanted to keep, like wanted to, so they should keep up with the status quo. And so that, you know, she didn't feel like her friends would ever be ultimately disappointed in the end. So when Karen, so there's a part when Hikari shows up and the show goes against the norm and the giraffe is just so delighted to finally see a, a play worth watching because it was completely different. And I think that's really fascinating. Like it, this whole show is definitely a criticism of Takarazuka and the whole like culture around it. <laughs> I mean, I would but, say it's a sort of a critique on the on the competitiveness of entertainment and oh yeah, or just, entertainment just in and, general, and, yeah, and not just the entertainment industry, but I mean, any any time when there's when you're in a situation where there is a competitive role and one person has to be there can only be one person that's the top dog, like any, whether it's movies, music, whatever, you know, these types mm-hmm. of like aggressiveness towards each which other people is going to be there and sometimes those people are your friends you know yeah 100 percent. and so like you, you you can track you could track this through like idols idol groups you know where you mm-hmm. could where you can just see girls that are fighting to be the to be like the top idol every, every idol group has like a leader in the group and yeah so there's like a lot of different places and in, in in our culture where this type of thing stands out so it's pretty prominent, um, pretty pretty prevalent, I think. So, during the panel, we got a question. Uh, someone asked. Um, I mean, there is a there is a reason for the giraffe. The giraffe does symbolize something, and I don't know if I want to spoil that. It's it comes up in the very final episode, like the big reveal of who the giraffe is. But somebody asked why a giraffe. And when I first asked that, I think I was just taken aback because it was just kind of one of those anime things I just kind of accepted. Yeah. They, I, I remember <laughs> when Kazuo said, Kazuo was like, oh, this is because like, you know, like the long neck, you know, is like the long journey yeah. to the to victory. And I mean, representing it, ladder. But yeah. <laughs> after I put some more thought into it, and I wish I would have thought this up dur- on like, you know, right during the panel, I was thinking about it, and um, I actually thought about it on the airplane ride home because I was think I was just replaying the panel over in my head. I was like, "Man, I wish I would have thought this up when somebody asked me the question why a giraffe." And I was thinking because giraffe, the Japanese word for giraffe is kitten, but kitten are also mythological beasts that originate in China, but they are also present in China and um, Chinese and Japanese mythology. And they're symbols of great power. It was always believed that emperors were chosen by Kedon. So I think it makes sense in that way that the oh, top star in this extremely toxic environment okay. would be chosen by a symbol of immense power. Right. And uh, I think, you know, they also have sort of royal attire on during these performances. Oh, I thought yeah. that was very interesting. I thought that I was like, dang it, why did I think of this For people like, that... during the panel? Yeah, and Ke- <laughs> Kedon means giraffe in Japanese. Yeah. So... Yeah, but 
there is also a mythological beast just called a Keating. <laughs> oh, yeah, and as, as we know from the Twelve Kingdoms. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like just the yokai unicorn. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, just, I don't know. I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, I wish I would have thought that up. <laughs> and I think it's not a coincidence that, like, the word for giraffe is also Keating. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that would have been... So, yeah... yeah. Maybe, like Enzo maybe saying, that person, it looks fantastic. Sorry, maybe that person that was at the panel listens to the podcast and they got their answer. Oh, hopefully. Yeah, I hope they do because honestly, I feel like if <laughs> I had asked that question at the panel and Mandy answered with that, I would have been like, whoa. <laughs> I would have been, <laughs> my mind would have been blown. <laughs> yeah, I just, I was thinking about it on the plane ride home and I was like, oh man, I wish I could read Wine Time. Where's my banana? Banana. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, again, like, Without, you know, going into the ending, 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 ending and everything, like I I really enjoyed the show. Like I, yeah. I think it's 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 it was refreshing to see, you know, anime, you know, be this show seems like anime was like the final medium, aside from like the live action, obviously. Um, because they used the medium to its full extent. They hid foreshadowing in the art. They use the medium to do like amazing choreography choreography with singing the set designs were really cool and like would be hard to replicate in a live action setting you know so i i think this anime used anime to its fullest like potential and i just i enjoy i really enjoyed it and the characters are all like pretty cool like none of them really like suck at all like, I don't think any of them were that super annoying. Um, shout out to High Dive because they have been uh, dubbing it, and the, the dubbing is pretty like pretty good. I would say like it's it's a really good job. Uh, yeah, so I'm ready to score. If you guys are ready oh, to score, oh, I have critiques. Oh, you have critiques. <laughs> I forget yeah. we do this. <laughs> um, well, I did enjoy the show. There were things that uh, kept it from being like an amazing show for me. Um, First of all, the care, I think, I mean, I had a really hard time pinpointing why, because after I watched the show, I was still not like, this is a 10 out of 10. Uh, I was, mm-hmm. I don't know, I felt like there was something missing. I think it came down the, to the characters themselves. For me, mm-hmm. I did not attach myself to any of them. They still felt a little hollow to me towards I the end. I feel you. Yeah, that's why, like, what I just said, like, I agree with you because, uh, yeah, because although none of them sucked or like and they were all pretty okay um to me i also didn't i don't feel i still don't feel attached thinking back to any of the characters whatsoever um because i watched it week to week i watched it as it's airing and then i was refreshing myself before a panel and right when i was starting my work on the panel i thought man none of them still really are stuck in my head there weren't any that really stood out to me and i think I really appreciated the show and I like the message behind it, but I feel like the message was the f- focus of the show and not the characters themselves. And also, they had a lot of production issues. They, in the production notes, it starts off great. Like, the animation's fantastic in the beginning, but towards the end of the series, you can see they really started having issues. They weren't even sure if the episodes were going to make it out in time. There were janky animation towards the end. Uh, it really started suffering towards the end of the series. And um, I think the other thing I wrote down was that 
a lot of symbolism was very right smack on the nose. It yeah. was like yeah, anime not, does that shit sometimes. Uh, yeah, it was not subtle at all. <laughs> but um, overall, I mean, I did really enjoy it. Uh, but of course, it's not like a 10 out of 10 for me. So, but yeah. so then what would it be? Yeah, what would it be? <laughs> um, <clears throat> Why don't you go first? Because I'm debating. Sure. Um, for me, I think Review Starlight is a solid three out of three point five out of five. Um, like a really, really solid three point five out of five. And that's most. And this is probably one of the more, um, like, non-objective type like score I've I've given because this one is coming from like the Mitsuki approach of how much I enjoyed the show and like I did enjoy it and all the pluses of this show are in the fight scenes in the art of the fight scenes and the, in the choreography and the music. And I, I truly did love all of that. And I will, I would even say that the, you know, the story of competition is always enticing to me. However, as Manny pointed out, the characters were kind of just, you know, they were there to do their job in the show. And honestly, like I, I enjoyed the show, but like, I also didn't like, I don't know. I just like I, I felt not fully satisfied. I, I feel like the story could have had more weight to it. Um Yeah. I feel I don't know. Maybe three point five is a little harsh, but like for Stick a four guns. Yeah, no, yeah, no. But like for for me, like a four is a show that I walked away with at least saying like, damn, that was awesome. Wow. You know what I mean? Like wow, I, I would definitely watch that again with a friend. But at the moment, I don't really feel like any need to rewatch Review. Um, I would recommend it to people, though. It's a solid watch. It's a really solid watch. So I'll, I'll stay to the 3.5. Um, yeah, I've, I mean, to not repeat everything that I said, uh, I really enjoyed the show. But, of course, if something's bothering me, I'm going to critique it, of course. But, um, man, it... I was debating between a 3.5 or a 4. I still really enjoyed it because it felt very fresh to me. And yeah, I think I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. Not perfect, but it was still, I really enjoyed it though. I am not going to score it because I didn't watch enough of it. I don't think it's really fair. So, um, but, that, True. But, but we do round up, so that would round up to a 4. So cause Cool, we're nice, I'm glad. Because we're nice. Yeah. So we're gonna round up, uh, and uh, with that, shall are we closing the review on Review Starlight? Mm-hmm. You can say it's been four bananas out of five reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime, anime, anime. Mailbag. mailbag. If you want to submit a mailbag, you can do it at the same place you would submit a Enzo Senpai Notice Me Corner, which is on the website, aaapodcast.com. On the top, there's a mailbags and more button that where you can submit all sorts of things, including mailbags. So, first mailbag is from Charlie from Canada, and I'm going to read it. It's pretty long, and honestly, this could be, I debated making this a topic, but I think we're just going to, we're just going to do it here. As you guys, as a long-time listener... This is mainly for Mitsugi, as I know he won't hold back his opinion to risk offending anyone, which is always great. <laughs> Do you feel the pervy, lowly shows that release every season are holding anime back? Question mark. 
I am embarrassed to open Crunchyroll sometimes around my family and definitely avoid it if I have friends over because an eight-year-old looking girl could be on the video thumbnail on the, on, on the popular tab in a bathing suit looking creepy as hell. I find it so embarrassing I won't watch Crunchyroll in public like when I'm stuck in uh, like when I was stuck waiting at the airport. As an anime fan, I know you just have to deal with stuff like this from time to time and ignore it. However, even without watching the the overtly and lowly shows, you occasionally see a questionable scene or two in an otherwise good show. Do you feel the benefits of the income generated for the industry by these shows from their dedicated fans is worth it, or do you think that the negative associations generated by these shows is holding anime back from even more mainstream acceptance and potential earnings? If you if you would if you could, would you banish these shows to the anime pit of hell? <laughs> it's a really good mailbag, actually. Um, and it's a really tough question. Well, do you want to go first? Because or I can go if you want. <sighs> Go ahead. So from uh, from a like writing towards the better stories perspective, I do think that you know, Pervy Loli shows are do hold back, do hold people back because if they do generate money, then it's the lazy way to go. And I say lazy not in a harsh way; it's just the easier route to take, right? Like the amount of thinking and effort that goes into writing a show that is centered around Pervy Loli moments are is not as intricate, and you know you know require the amount of craftsmanship to write a story with like crazy drama and epic you know suspense and stuff like that so in that sense i do i do think so i don't want to tackle charlie your um your sentiments about finding it embarrassing to open control in public i think i know what you're talking about but for example when i have friends over um and i and I open up Crunchyroll, like sometimes like the kind of thumbnails you're talking about are on the forefront of the app or or any streaming service I'm watching. If there's if there's, you know, that thumbnail present, um, I like if it gets pointed out, I just I just kind of like say things like, ah, you know, anime is really weird sometimes. I don't really watch those shows like or whatever, something like that. If you if you feel the need to defend yourself. But like my, what I want to say is that my friends don't question at all I me mean, about that kind of stuff any anyway um because in the end like if you own your passion if you really own it um and then you know you won't really feel embarrassed to open up any anime thing um unless it's anti then you should be you should really be tactful with that um you should you won't you won't feel the embarrassment that i think you're feeling i like as long as you open it if someone says like dude like oh what's with that 10 year old girl there in that weird situation you'd be like yeah dude that show is really weird i don't know man like that's all you gotta say that's all you really gotta say so like own what you love bro don't 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 feel embarrassment like you know that that, that you know that all anime is not like that so yeah this is a super tough question um personally i feel like a lot of anime i feel like the anime industry loses a lot of potential for creativity and for sort of exploring unexplored ideas because they settle for the same sorts of stuff all the time. Right. And mm-hmm. so you're not getting something new or something interesting. You're getting, you're just getting another lowly show. And so that's, and, and, and that's, that's a pretty disappointing thing in a way, you know, that, that kind of thing would kill a lot of industries. I don't know how anime continues to, to proliferate the way it does when it just keeps well, recycling the same shit all over all the time. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Think, Actually, I mean, it, right. if if like it, like movies, TV shows, like 
no one else could. So I feel like no one else could withstand this the way the anime has for years and years now. It's been like a decade or more now. And, but to say that they to say that you'd make more money without the lowly shows, like is it holding anime back from making more money or to having a bigger fan base? I can't really say for certain, but I would say that that is probably not the case. I just that's just my hunch, and the reason for that is that once again. Uh, Japan, and by Japan, I mean all the anime studios that make up the anime industry don't really, they don't, they they still don't really care about us. They don't. the 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 the, the vast majority of their money comes from Japan. So, hmm. and they're making a lot of money off of these shows in Japan. And I I don't know what the anime industry would look like if you were just all of a sudden said, okay, no more lowly shows. Like, I don't know what the, I don't know what you would replace it with. And I don't know what the current fans of anime would say about that. So I know there'd be a lot of complaining about like censorship and things like that for sure. So yeah, agreed. As as there's already complaints about that from from like various manga artists about you know outlawing various types of content. So yeah, I don't have an answer for you. If it were up to me again, I would say let's consolidate the anime industry and make less shows, and. Let's make like maybe two lowly shows a season instead of, you know, 17. And then rather than having 50 anime a season, let's have uh, 18 of them. That's, that would be what I would want. You've, rather than having eight fifty shows where, where, where 15 of them are lowly stuff where you're embarrassed to turn on Crunchyroll, which I totally get, by the way, uh, let's do 18 shows and let's make two of them lowly. And that kind of makes – that feels – because then you're still satisfying the people that want to watch that, that show shows. I mean – but you may, but you have more quality and you have more room for other interesting things as well. But I don't know. I don't have an answer. It's too difficult. Yeah, I need to be a swami. And if I was that, I'd be rich. Yeah, we need like a lot of data to answer that question correctly. Yeah, I mean, the Lolly shows, not that I'm supporting them, but the characters do <clears throat> open up the opportunity for more merchandise, which is probably why there's so many of them. Like... Because now you can get to see this cute character in this outfit, in this well, outfit, in this outfit, and collect all of them. But Rakugo doesn't get any figures. <laughs> I mean, the, so yeah. The, the unfortunate thing of it is that like anime they're could, necessary. It's a necessary evil. <laughs> if you took out the lowly merchandise, way, yeah. if you if you took out the lowly merchandise again, I don't know what the shows would be that would replace those shows. And so yeah, I don't know. And by the way, I think lowly is a really loose term. By the way. So it, you know, mm. definitely over the last few years for sure. So so yeah. Char- Charlie's definition of that could totally be different than mine or Enzo's or Mandy's or anybody else. So I don't yeah. I don't know what shows would replace these shows in terms of merchandise. What I will say is that I sorta of don't like that anime whores itself out every day because when you're when you watch a show with a little girl that's like eight years old wearing like a bikini or something and then you go buy an anime figure you're buying porn. I mean, I I know people just think pornography is like boobs and nipples and butts, but that isn't true. Um, it, it's, it is pornography like to, to like, it just is, you know, and there's a lot of things that are, that, that, that should be considered pornography that aren't sex. And in a way, actually, I think that these shows are sex, which I think is a bigger, <laughs> oh, okay. Moving on. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I, mean, I know are, what you're saying. Are we going pre- to gonna pretend? That. Are we going to pretend that that a por- that a portion of fans of these shows aren't watching them because they like seeing the little girls and like the? In the oh, absolutely. Shows? That's the dark. That's, yeah, that's the dark side. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just you know. 
I'm just giving you, I, I, I'm like a head trip to listen to because I'm only giving you things you joke about with your friends inside your living room. Right? No one wants to hear that, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you because <laughs> I know it's true. So, like, I just don't, I don't like the fact that anime is like, pe- that they're making money off of figures of like underage girls. Like, to me, that's that, to me, yeah. that feels dirty, you know? But I don't know what they sure. replace it with. Is, yeah. it like, is it mecha? Is it, is it battle mages? I don't know what the hell. I just don't. That's know. true. I think that's, I think that's where the perspective between like what we perceive and what Japan perceives, that's where it kicks in. Because, I mean, I know that underage stuff is like, that's also like illegal, I think, in Japan, but. I also feel like we're way harsher on that in America, so that's that's probably a oh for sure. There. I don't think they care. <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally don't think they care, and they don't, and they're not going to care no matter what we say or right. That's what I'm saying. Says. So, anyway, moving on. Next mailbag. You should read uh, this one. Oh, good lord. Oh, okay. Coco Pops, Pops eighty nine writes. Hello, AA host. First thing, love the podcast. Been listening since around the time Cosmo started. My question is, whatever happened to the oh mobile app you guys are working oh, on? Oh my god. Okay, oh, there you go. All right, so I've been asked this question a lot. We lost a lot of money in trying to make that mobile app. Um, believe it or not, I was actually <laughs> trying to make like a real app that would be useful for everybody, um, and for lack of a better word, like we got robbed. So, I mean, that is it is what it is. Heck. So, yeah. <laughs> I remember basically. being a listener and being excited for the app, too. That's yeah. unfortunate. And the guy that scammed us was really good at it, by the way. He was really good. He actually had, like, a functioning app working. So, he basically dragged out the project to the time frame in which you can't challenge it anymore via PayPal. PayPal makes you sign contracts and stuff like that with, with big projects. But, like, if the, if the project's been going on for, like, past a certain time frame then they won't go back and like go after the guy anymore and he knew what that time frame was waited until that time frame and then dipped out but like was very convincing up until that point so damn it was Shouts really, out to that guy yeah he was good at it for sure <laughs> he was good <laughs> he was good at it like i have the i have the app icon on my phone like i was actually listening to the podcast through an app like it was it was working um but uh yeah the the reality is that to make the app that i wanted to make i, I got quoted like as much as 20 grand so, oh, from like a, from like a legit from service. like a from like a from like a, yeah. a big company in like London it was like twenty grand. I'm like, well, we don't. Have oh that. yeah, dude, no, got twenty like, grand. I, <laughs> no, I I definitely don't have twenty grand as well. I, I love the podcast. I love it to death, but I don't love it for twenty grand. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, next mailbag. Yeah, the next one is from Gabumon. Hello, AAA, long-time listener here. This is the OG host. We're returning from Japan. Anyways, I'm getting married sometime next year, and I have been thinking about what piece of music to play on the big day. Oh my god! Oh my god! Wow. So let me ask you, the host, which piece of anime-related music would you play on your big day? Holy cow, what a question. Basically, Loki asking for a, for a recommendation for myself. A little, uh, ha. P.S. Okay, Mitsuki, you can do the last part after we discuss. <laughs> well, I just, did, you read, did you read the last one? Yeah, I read it. So I, um, I, I just watched the Castle in the Sky movie. And I think I cried like every single time they played the theme song. <laughs> to Castle in the Sky because it's one of my favorite Ghibli themes and it's just a really carry it's called Carrying You which by the way is our, by itself kind of like enough to make you cry in a way but like I really did cry it was and it wasn't just a little bit it was almost sloppy <laughs> like in the theater it was pretty bad like that's a really beautiful piece and it's very soft and very very appropriate and suitable for a wedding 
So, and, and there's other Ghibli themes too that are like that, but this one in particular is just beautiful. Um, and it's, so that's my, that, that's bad. That'd be my recommendation, Carrying You. Yeah, Kimi Onosete from uh, Castle in the Sky. <coughs> agreed. Just, I like, I don't have it on the top of my head, unfortunately, but I would also say, like, dig around with the Ghibli stuff um, because they have a, they have a way with music that is just not, it's just not common. Like, they really get you there. Um, I would also maybe, I don't remember what the soundtrack for oh my god what anime is this for the great passage was but i feel like that had really good music in it too i forget um i'm gonna plug my favorite anime <laughs> uh so natsume has a ma- like a lot of really good tracks but natsume eugene cho season six ending is so pretty and i love it and you should try it out it's a day it's by yay i'm sorry day yasuda r-e-i-y-a-s-u-d-a um, and the song is Kimi no Uta, and it's so pretty. It'd be a good song to like your dance song. To. It's really pretty. Your song okay. by Elton John. Yeah, well, that's the, that, that's that's what yeah, Kimi, I know. that's Kimi no Uta. Okay. Oh, that, oh it is. That's what it means yeah, in Japanese. That's what it means. Oh, or in English, that's what it means. Um, anything, Enzo? Or are we gonna end this end this very long episode? Yeah, no, I, I honestly don't have anything good to come to mind. Okay, guys, so we're gonna wrap it up here. Thank you for listening, of course. Uh, again, our, our website's aaapodcast.com. For those of you that gave up on the website in the last month because it wasn't working well, it is working well now. So go back and please check it out. You can get all your hobby addicts, your hentai episodes, your after parties. Everything on is on there and working. You can see what we're doing for the next four weeks of the podcast. You can play trivia. You can see what the animes are that we passed each season. You can write mailbags. You can join our Discord. There's all kinds of stuff you can do on there. So definitely check out the website. You can help out the podcast and contribute to us. I don't know. Maybe in 75 years, we'll, we'll have enough money to make that mobile app if people keep helping Hell us out. Hell yeah. So www.podcast.com forward slash join is where you go to help out the podcast and where you go to get your hentai episodes and your hobby addicts and all that. So we're also on Discord, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Um, why don't you guys go ahead and plug your, your Twitters real quick, and then I'm going to wrap it up with the theme song. Totally. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Enzo Badia, E-N-Z-O-B-A-D-I-A. Um, yeah, follow me. I'm, I'm way more active on Twitter now. I've, I've, I've learned the ways and uh, my Instagram is still where I post the cooler stuff of my life. So see you there. Um, I am on Twitter at AAA underscore Mandy, uh, Mandy with an I. And yeah, you can come and check out my nerdy tweets about video games and anime and stuff and manga. And if you want to snuggle me, you can snuggle me at S-N-U-G-G-L-E for the number four E-V-R. So um, check us out. Check check me out there on Twitter. And until next time, we'll, uh, we'll see ya. See ya, guys. Love you. Bye!